behind the schemes. This is a late night show. You get everyone drunk. So first party, oh, everybody. Yeah. yeah. And then we start filming right around 11. And everyone's nice and loose. That's how we started off. Coke is bigger than ever. Like gimp suits, to me, doesn't scream family friendliness. I, I don't get the, uh, the point of having the boostograms like sprayed onto the troll room. You're reducing the quality of the content. Yes, spew, spewing everywhere. Spew, 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 spew on you. Stand up for the sick shit. Give me that blade you just slaughtered the goat with. Keep in mind, it's a night show. It's one of those you put on, uh, not expecting, you know, uh, well, let me put it this way. There's NPR, and then there's the real NPR. These guys are the real NPR. This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Goddamn ass, you son of a bitch! You piece of shit! You fucking goddamn fucker! Listen, fuckhead! You have fucking crossed the line! Get that through your goddamn fucking head! Stop pushing your shit! You're the people that have fucked this country over! So stop shooting your mouth off, claiming I'm the enemy! You got that, you goddamn son of a bitch? Fill your hands! I'm sorry, but I'm done! You start calling me a foreign agent? Those are fucking fighting words, excuse me. when I think of what they're doing to us and how I want to resist them and how easy they are to defeat. <sighs> Excuse me. Think my testosterone's going up. This uh happens every time I start working out a lot again. And I uh swam two miles this morning pretty hard and uh Eat a big fat steak last night, full of hormones, testosterone on its own, right? So I'm going a little bit wild today, excuse me.
These are fucking fighting words. It's episode 109 of Behind the Schemes for July 25th, 2022. And uh, I ain't got nothing to say. I'm Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from way over here on the godless bereft coast where I get pretty fired up when I think about globalists myself. My name is Lavish. What a, I almost did that thing again that I did with the uh, on the episode with Hunter. <laughs> I was like, oh, I froze. I ain't got nothing, oh. I ain't got nothing witty. <laughs> this is a funny uh, uh, development, I, I think. I it's know. Well, what's going on? You know, what's twice, happening? Twice is not a trend, but it's a coincidence. <laughs> you just got to let go. Just let whatever's on the mind come out. Mm, mm-hmm. See, I think I, I screwed up like three, four episodes ago, I tried writing down what I was going to open the show with. I saw that. It was in the notes. And maybe that's what I did. Maybe that's punishment for uh, not taking it on the fly. No, Booby, you're just punishing yourself. Uh, well, how you been? How was your week? You've got it all. You've got it all deep inside you. I, I'm doing very well. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying my... I enjoyed my weekend. The weekend was very relaxing. I didn't have to do, go, go do any gigs this weekend for once, which was cool. Nice, nice. I, I went fishing. Very and, cool. Uh, and it was it was glorious. It was glorious. And you How are you it. doing, sir? I'm, What's that? I'm doing all right. I'm coming down off the tail end of a super busy month. But, yeah, uh, yeah. You've been, you've been working, working. I got to thinking, this is the first episode that we've done in almost a month that hasn't men solo or we haven't had or haven't you know there's no guests tonight or anything it's just us yeah yeah it's your oh nice it's a, a classic bts episode it's just you and me hmm yes and uh i do have a tarot card to start this party off for tonight all right lay it on me straight from the line strider deck it is the reversed eight of swords here. The Eight of Swords. Indubitably. Some uh, general key words for the Eight of Swords. We have loneliness, self-imposed pain, rejection, and negative thinking. And this is the upright this definition? Is the, this is, uh, that was the general keywords. All right, so that's the Eight of Swords upright, meaning, is are those words. We have the reversed, which can mean... Uh, in some cases, the opposite of that. The, the keywords I'm looking for the reversed card are freedom, release, uh, taking control, survivor, facing fears, empowered, or surrender, moving forward uh, through just cutting your losses and and uh, taking it on the chin, going on with your life. Some of the ways that this card can be interpreted. It shows us that while it's time to move on, we can't plan or uh, prepare for anything that can happen in life, and that accepting reality is an important part of the uh, maturation maturation process. Let's go step by step. Worrying won't solve or change anything. That's very true. It's a very valid um, lesson in life that you should learn, that if you are an adult, you probably should should know for yourself, you know. Someone wise once told me, you know, you only put. No, I don't know if they were wise, but they told me the boat only sinks without how much ever water you let in the boat. 
You know, sometimes you just got to dump that water out of your boat. <laughs> that sounds like victim blaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was being beaten at the same time. It was a very expensive evening, but the uh, classic Eight of Swords image on the uh, on your typical uh, Rider weight deck is is a woman who's kind of bound. She's tied up in rags and she's blindfolded, and she's like on a in a battlefield somewhere, and there uh, eight swords sticking up out of the ground around her, kind of like a prison. And um, you can take that as you will, but like like you said, upright. It's it's a very anxious card. It's a very weary card or burdened and then upright a lot of the time with swords you have swords that are going down into the ground or into somebody into something and then with the reverse you have the image of the sword sort of being pulled out of that Mm -hmm. and the pain being relieved even though you've been wounded at least the sword is out of you at least the sword is out still gonna hurt like a motherfucker (laughs) yeah but at least the healing can begin (laughs) Uh, yeah, if you would like, like if you would like to check out this tarot card, it's posted up at the top of our show notes, which are found over at zososcorner.substack.com. Z o s o s corner.substack.com. We got all of our show art, got all of our producer credits, we got all of our links, we got all of our links to clips, we got so much shit in there. All of the music that we feature on the show is found there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, and like you said, most importantly, it's the art. you got to check out the art. We are, as a podcast, limited to audio. And um, with these notes, we like to take the show to a kind of a different plateau with all of the art and with all of the... And, and the references and everything like that. So you're missing a big chunk of the show if you're not checking out the notes. Zososcorner.substack.com and it's part of our value for value, uh, excuse me, value for value uh, production. So I know some Substacks will charge you for bonus content, but you will never inter- encounter that over at Zoso's Corner. This is true. Should check. Uh, you can sit. You should consider checking it out and uh, subscribing. Maybe. Yeah, if you subscribe, you'll get. Uh, you know, whenever we drop something, you'll get a link to it in your email, and you can just click it. Or if you're not into that sort of thing, you know, you can always can't uh, not cancel the subscription, but just set the settings, whatever you want to do. But we appreciate all subscriptions. And like I said, it's totally free. Totally free. And I want to go ahead and jump the gun a little bit, uh, just because it's so terribly exciting. But Mary-Kate Ultra and Make Heroism have just debuted two brand new t-shirts at BehindTheSchemes.Threadless.com. And they're beauties. Yes, one of them is the uh, <laughs> BTS NPR art. <laughs> That's my favorite, I think, so far. <laughs> Although I love both these shirts. Yeah, the BTS NPR. In Monday with, is 730, 930, bad radio deadline. With, uh, if you select the crest and it makes the, the little image on the shirt, on the, on the front side, on, over, the, uh, over the heart, uh-huh. it, it looks so incredibly legit. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to pop one of these or two. And, and the other, the other one, one is uh, my fa- one of my favorite images that you've ever done is the, the happy face that shatters away. And they've, they've done that design here on the pocket, on the breast pocket. Not that there is a pocket. And then on the back is uh, a Fauci 
behind the schemes from uh, is when we did that episode in January. Uh, Mercurial was the name of that episode. That's episode 80, if I recall correctly. Sounds about right. That's one of my favorites uh, (laughs) show art pieces we did. It's Fauci holding up a a newsstand magazine and says, uh, this is the end. (laughs) Yeah, the end is near, yeah, and it's got the the Sistine Chapel, uh, David and God handing off a gazette to one another. It's very, very nice. I like it. Yeah, so uh, behindtheschemes.threadless.com. Yeah, thanks so much to Make Heroism and to MK Ultra. They're so awesome for doing this for us, and we're so excited. <laughs> and uh, I think that just leaves the boostograms for uh, this part of the show. Holy shit, we had a uh, we had a slew come in. Yes. And I think the first one would have been... Uh, I'm going to make sure I get it right. It started with Servo from last week using the Boost Clit 3333. Thank you, Lavish, for the Intermission Rewind show. Ah, yes. Uh, that was fun. Last week, we did uh, episode 108 was an Intermission Rewind. I took... A little over a dozen of intermissions, around a dozen intermissions from previous shows, and uh, Booberry took the night off, and uh, we just played some tunes and kind of chopped it up and in between. And I included that boost and the Net Ned boost as producers of uh, episode 108. So you, that that boost in particular is in the Freaks of Hazards list. Nice. For 108. So thank you very much, Servo. Very cool. Very legal. Yeah. Uh, the next one would have been uh, from Murray underscore N for 33,000 sets. He was boosting uh, less gallivanting, more gardening. Mm. Murray N. Murray N. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He just invited me to a show. I don't oh. know if you saw that on No Agenda Social. I, I imagine you didn't, but he he invited me. To one of the local venues to go see Leonard Skinnerd. That's yeah, a pretty uh, good show. Yeah, with Tesla. Ooh, uh, you know the band Tesla? Yeah. I just worked them. Uh, that was one of the uh, gigs I did at uh, oh. the festival. Not the last one, but the one before last. Ah, uh, did you get to see him? Oh yeah. Were they good? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, they were sick. Look, shit, cool. Man, it's it's weird, like. I I've, I was not uh, super familiar with all of their work, but um, I don't know them at all. As a live band, even with the uh, the hangups that we had up that night, uh, there was lightning in the area that shut the show down for like two hours. Hmm. Um. Yeah, they're really good. I hope you have fun. Sick. Nice. Nice. Uh. Yeah, and then the other band that's there is, uh, I don't know, the Petty Files or whatever the fucking, the the Tom Petty band is. Uh, well, you're a you're a huge Tom Petty fan, right? Oh, yeah, massive. Massive yeah, Tom yeah. Petty fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you grow up in California, you will know that Tom Petty is on the radio all the time. And... I don't want to speak ill of the dead. He passed away a number of years ago, but that dude is on the radio all day long. And I get so tired of 
listening to him. And he gets put up there, like, the, the classic rock stations just put him so erroneously high in the, in the like, hierarchy of rock. Well, they'll be like, we're playing the greatest bands ever. The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Tom Petty. Pink Floyd. <laughs> Pink Floyd. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. One of these is not like the other, okay? Wow. Damn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Tom. I love you. Uh, <laughs> what, what a fella. I don't know. That's just my own personal shtick. Most people love Tom Petty, and there's no reason really not to like him, other than he's just overplayed, or at least his overplayed song is overplayed. But you could say that about a lot of bands. Queen. Nirvana, to a degree. Nirvana, you could say that about Nirvana easily. You could say that about just about any of the major classic rock bands. You can say that you've heard Stairway to Heaven way too many times, you know. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, Wait. thanks, Murray N. That's the whole reason I got onto it. He, he actually physically invited me to a show. He, he He's a, a local guy, not too far from me. And then uh, he actually sent in a second boost for the same amount, 33000 for the same episode. So we appreciate that. He was using Ooh. Fountain. Uh, we had Pitar. He was 66000 That's pretty uh, sandy. Pitar anyway. was boosting the uh, Value for Value show that uh, Kyron Fist Pumping Down runs. He did an episode about behind the schemes. And uh, Pitar said for 25,000 sets, he said, I fucking love this podcast. It is the best podcast ever, period. Hey, thanks, Pitar. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, I got uh, that. Was, that was That's cool. very, that was, very uh, kind. Yes. Indeed. Pitar is a is a big hitter around here, you know. He's he's probably the leaderboard over there in, in podcasting 2.0. I think he is the def- like you look up known boosting maniac in a dictionary, you're going to see a picture of Pitar's face. Whatever yeah. whatever Pitar looks like, it looks like him. The the Mac Daddy of uh of boosting. And then we uh we after that was uh Mere Mortals podcast, Kyron fist pumping down again with twenty two twenty two using fountain. He was boosting the uh, Mike Midnight Mike episode we did. He said, "Thanks for the shout out, fellas. You're right. The Value for Value podcast is an incredibly niche show. I don't do just no agenda adjacent shows, but that's where a lot of the Value for Value action is going on." Yeah, he's reacting to us talking with Midnight Mike about the show and just commenting on on just what what he what he does and what the show is and yeah it having to coincide with the fact that we were talking about niche itty on shows yeah it's a cool i like it i think it's a it's a it has a solid role to play that's for sure mhm and then uh, after that was bully steed for boosty steed nice. uh 1 2 3 4 5 sets out of fountain Ooh, count them, count them up. And she was saying, uh, BTS Copper King basketball schemes. Oh, basketball schemes. Love the boostagram sounds. Haha. <laughs> Great music. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Nice. Thank you, Bully Steed. Damn Bully Steed, that is. And then we had a slew of the Gamatria boost we were playing around. Um, from Bully Steed, Surf Guitar Boost, thir- 333. She was boosting the Monday's episode. Mm-hmm. 
And then we had uh, C. Lude come in with 1611. C. Lude is asking, who are you guys using for a hosting company? And how are you guys putting gifts into your chapter art? Are you using Hypercatcher or Sovereign Feeds? Thank you for your courage and in the morning. That's three questions. Uh, we, we used to use Sovereign Feed. We don't anymore. The, there's things that I'll, I'll use. Like if I want to go and clean up a bunch of RSS feeds, Sovereign Feeds is good for that. It'll generate a nice, clean, crisp uh, RSS feed for you. Okay. Um, and I'll go through. It's an easy UI to double check the uh, hand-coded feed that I do. Mm. Uh, but for whatever reason, if you output an RSS feed that has a, a live item tag in it, it'll add all of the C data stuff to the boostergrams when you're reading them on Mastodon and in the IRC chat. Hashtag green room, IRC.zeronode.net. <laughs> That's right. We have a chat room, by the way. You go to our chat room. And then uh, who are you using for a hosting company? The company is called... Uh, pod serve not to be confused with Podverse, and i like uh i like pod serve a lot i think i figured out one of our issues that we've been having is the the files are too big for them to handle happily so we kind of get stuck in waiting in limbo waiting for stuff to upload sometimes it can take over an hour to get an episode actually uploaded onto their uh their website last week it took over two hours yeah but uh, I think I got it. I think I got a, a work. We're working on that. Yeah. Oh, you got a workaround for PodServe. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. We, we've been talking about maybe trying to be self-hosted and trying some other stuff. But it's, pods, if you got a workaround, it's really just going to be the way that I save the file. That's uh, that's what's going to fix this. So. Okay. Yep. Very uh, well. And then, uh, as far as putting gifts in the chapter art, you know, I just generate a chapter JSON file and. Uh, post all of our gifts and whatnot to our website. Then I'd copy the link into the chapter file and fire away. Gang, 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 gangum style. Whoop, uh, gangum style. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. All right. So moving on here. Thank you. See Lude. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, thank you. I was, <laughs> I was boosting a bunch Trying to test out the new audio boosts uh, for yeah. 66, 66 sets. You should be able to boost a goat. And for 99, 99 sets, you should be able to boost the gimp. And for uh, <laughs> 35,000 sets, you can boost a bump. Mm-hmm. You can get yourself an eight ball. Mm-hmm. A no boosty doubt. eight ball. Boost an eight ball. So there was a bunch of those that I was testing. Uh, 25,000 sats from Pitar for the episode on Monday, Intermission Rewind. He said, awesome tunage. Throws up oh, the, uh, the devil horns. Uh, this is apropos. The devil is always around and with us. And uh, you... Did a little bit of math before the top of the show here. Do you want to hit us with this number? Because uh, Cotton Gin came in uh, boosting oh, like a maniac. Poor Cotton Gin. Against his will and wit, my friends, he uh, he donated, I think what the idea was, he was going to donate a 426 and a 1422 through CurioCaster. But CurioCaster decided to Robin Hood this man. And unfortunately, I mean, I don't know, for... 
or cotton gin, I guess. It's uh he boosted four four twenty six twenty six times for a total of eleven thousand and seventy six satoshis, and then he boosted fourteen twenty two eleven times for a total of fifteen thousand six hundred and forty two. So all in all, in total, he boosted us twenty six thousand seven hundred and eighteen satoshis, all through Gamatria boosts, all through four twenty six and fourteen twenty two. So. He had multiple instances of uh, of various Gematria labels. We've got we got Babylon, uh, DMT spelled out diamethyltryptamine or whatever it is. Both one coin to rule them all. Orion and he got a couple of lavishes in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, four twenty six is the is the is the English Gematria value for lavish or the word lavish. So he got that several times um. and. Uh, a thank you and an I'm sorry to Cotton Gin. Maybe we can find a way to. And <laughs> we'll, we'll talk with him and see if he if he wants some of that back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> refund boost. <laughs> refund boost. Yeah, boost us more, and we might think about it. Uh, no, thank you, Cotton Gin. Uh, yeah, and email Stephen over at Curiocaster and let him know, and have Stephen reimburse you. It's Two. my Satoshi's and I need them now. You're gonna you should pull a double racket. You get you just back from us from you double your money. Double your money now, now, now. Now, now, now. Yeah. Well thank you, Cotton Gin. And because of that wonderful boost, he is our executive freak of hazard for the day. And coming in right for uh, right before the beginning of the show, we had three boosts in a row from Anonymous using the uh, live tag on Curiocaster, each for 100 sets. Thank you, Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous. Very right. kind. 306 from Servo saying yay. The 1,000 sets from Anonymous uh, boosting the live tag again. And uh, 16,000 sets from Bully Steed. From Fountain, she said, I'm anxiously await, I anxiously await the arrival of my BTS, quote, that's my girl, t-shirt. Yeah, yes, aren't we all? Mm-hmm. I got two. Two in the mail. Plus two. a bag, bag shirt. Nice. I've got two shirts and, or I've got a shirt and uh, stickers and magnets coming. Nice. Very, Very cool. good. Very legal. Very, pretty legal. Actually, totally legal. And uh, 306 from Servo, he was testing IRC Cacophony for uh, 306, each saying yay. Thank you. Boosted via Boost Clit. And uh, 3333 from Mary Kate Ultra. Heyo. She said, uh, just the boys tonight. Yeah, just the boys. Yeah, just the boys. She sent that via Fountain. 3333. Thank you, Mary Kate. And Pitar, oh, from from Curiocaster, boosting the live tag, thirty five thousand sats. He said, "This is just a test." Damn, and it didn't Look. fire. Oh, what? Uh, what? Yeah, he was testing the uh, he was testing the Gimp boost for ninety nine ninety nine uh, for a goat test. Oh. He's in, man. He's trying to get that that custom boostogram going. I know. Not, he's, he's calling us out. He wants us to. He wants it to work. No doubt. Uh, well, yeah, thirty-five. And by the way, thirty-five thousand sats. I think that puts him at the executive freak of hazard for the day. So it's him and Cotton Gin. 
But since he took the time to send those out to us, I'm I have no choice but to to hit him oh, with yeah. this. Of course. <laughs> oh, good. And uh, it's only it's only right. Of course, uh, this one as well. Nice. Oh, yeah. Rock and roll clown. And then the very last one from NA Millennial for 8008, a boob. He said, boob. Uh, <laughs> Two Cotton Gin. BTS stands for, quote, blowing these sats. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. That's on my list, the boob boost. We got to get that going. Mm. And the boost with eight thousand. Oh yeah, we got a list. I, I just sent it to 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 Sir Booberry. We're gonna be doing more uh, custom boostograms coming up for some for some other values. No doubt. And if you want to get in on that action, nude n u d nude podcastapps dot com. That's where you can go That's get right. yourself some action. If you're listening to the show in Spotify, or you're listening to the show in Google or Apple Podcast or any of those, it's not a podcast in 2.0 app, you're missing a good chunk of the show because there's a lot of artwork that you won't be seeing in these other applications, and it's just kind of like, why would you want to do that to yourself? No, they don't even have chapters. We For an individual episode, not only do you get chapters that that divvy up the episodes so you can go right to whatever you want to go to. But each one of those chapters has its own custom art that has made every single show. And it will display as you are listening to the episode. Why would you Why would you take that away from yourself? It's right there for you. It's free for God's sake. You could reach out like that one dude in that Michelangelo painting. Reach out and take it. <laughs> Yeah, that guy, God. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy, dude. I hate that guy. That guy hates me. Oh my goodness. Um, and if you have complaints uh or if you have uh, you know, if you have questions or whatever, you can always email us at uh, I'm at lavish at behindtheschemes.com. My friend here is at boo at behindtheschemes.com. And, and, you know, if you have questions or if you have complaints about us uh, mocking your God, well, then you can always reach us there. <laughs> we'll find some other God to mock. There's plenty of them. <laughs> Christians. <laughs> no shortage of them. But, uh, yeah, support public radio, everybody. There's games, there's products, there's merchandise. Be assured we sell millions of them and we never see a fucking penny. I'm paid in crack. Okay, everybody, we're opening up the Boostergrams right now. Come on and boost. There's no level to the degree of prostitution I will whore myself out to in order to continue my existence as a fucked up, drunken piece of shit. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. Put on your 3D glasses now. Yeah, that's just cool. Come forth with science.
The easiest way you can help support this show is call in 612-263-7999. You can leave yourself a scream L, or if you don't want to scream, you can just say something. Yeah, you can always just have, you know, inquire into something. If you just give us a call, 612-263-7999. Phone lines aren't open, but the scream mail lines are. Give us a call. And do we have a any here ready to go? Uh looks like we got uh we got one here. One one call. Oh well, wait, we got wait, a- wait, 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 wait. What was the date for your episode last week? The eighteenth. We have one from last week. Okay, good. I was wondering we if ha- we maybe had one from last week. We have to do this one. Yes. Oh, you know, it's just scripture battles, even that pre four thirty AM uh Scream mail, but uh, anyway, I was looking at the weather yesterday and was like, it's all supposed to be like floating around uh, like triple digits like all this week and getting off and get off work and running for two plus hours and that is no bueno. So what do you do? You wake up, leave the house around 136 around, you know, and uh, you go for a run in the dark. Got a couple of lights and you do your thing, but you know, you get home and you're like, woo! Because, you know, when I get off work and it's like around that triple digit, I'll be like, it, yeah, I'm done. Most I gotta do is take a little nap, you know, so. Anyway, and I'll feel exhausted, so, woo! Anyway, well, we're gonna go shower and eat, because, you know, gotta work in a bit. So, alright, well, Labosh, Blueberry, or the Mothman, apocalyptic, uh, I just bumped into something because I'm walking around in a room that's dark. Uh, yeah. Love you guys. Stay dangerous. And, as they say on the West Coast, Paka! They do say that. They do say that. On the West Coast. <laughs> Caller. Also known as the Bereft Coast. Stay hydrated. Yeah. And we have another one? Uh... Sorry, close out of that tab like an asshole. Yeah, you want to save it for later? Uh, we got three. We have three. Oh, well, let's do one more then. Oh, we got we got faked out. <laughs> it was silence. <laughs> ah, typical, typical. You know, sometimes words can be spoken with no words, and that's what this caller just tried to do. Tried to speak. Through, to us, through us, through their third eye. Mm. Oh, oh, hey, it works. Why did it work oh. for me? <laughs> it works for you. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, that's uh, that'll that'll happen when you boost sixty six, sixty six, sixty six, sixty six ads. Hell yeah. Well, um, I think that uh, does us for everything. Well, shall we roll? Yeah. Do you have um? Do you have any ideas for I don't know for something? Well, I've got this eight sided die in my hands, the diamond die, the- and I'm thinking first one who rolls a six. Diamond die. First one to roll a six. That is. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yep. Yeah, first one it. to roll a six uh, goes uh, first, I guess. Let's do it. All right. 
All right. How many rolls? It took, it, it took me seven rolls to get a six. It took me two rolls. <laughs> there you go. Nice roll. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. delicious it is. That's the Joker, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Cesar Romero, baby. Ah, uh, the OG Joker. All right. Well, you with your loaded dice, go ahead. Kick us off. Well, in that regards, uh, I watched a documentary this week. I watched the documentary. I watched the documentary three times. I watched a brand new documentary that came out on the Shutter streaming service three times, and it was called "This Is Guar." Mm, this is Guar. Hmm. Indeed, and uh, well, obviously, I enjoyed it as I watched it three times. You know, the first time you just have to just take it in and just like experience it raw, right? And then the second time, it was like, okay, now that I have finished experiencing all these emotions, maybe uh, so emotional. Oh man, like they really. Kind of, they, they take it raw, you know? There's a lot of fucked up shits that, that's, uh, that's happened over the years, and um, a, a lot of it kind of got me thinking about similar situations, knowing people that have passed away on the road, on tours and stuff, and um, there was some very, uh, there was moments like uh, they, they, show, they showcase the Guarbecue 2015 event and i was in or maybe this would have been 2014 this might have been 2014 um and i lived 40 minutes away i could have very easily and made it up there but i was such a dope at the time that i said oh well work won't let me take off so i guess i just gotta go to my job jobs suck and i went to that job and um Unfortunately, I missed something that, uh, I, you know, is, uh, I just, I really regret it. And, uh, it was something that came up during the documentary and I got sad and, uh, there was some other health issues that I got sad about as well. Um, but overall, I mean, if you, if you know the story of the band, you're not really going to learn a ton of new things. There are some stories that, I wasn't familiar with, and that was awesome. The archived footage alone is absolutely worth it. It is insane just knowing that this band has 40 years worth of footage that they've filmed because that was sort of their main drive. And, um, you know, was to, to start out making this, this movie, but then the music element kind of took over to some degree and like everything became focused on the the band to to an extent and uh i thought they did a really good job highlighting um just all of the artists over the years that uh well let me back up here my main issue that i had with this movie was it's way too short it's only an hour and 52 minutes Mm -hmm. and you're trying to uh, you're trying to cram 40 years and hundreds of people 
that have been involved into this two hour window. Right. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, I know for a fact that, uh, Chuck Varga, who is, he plays, um, the executioner. If you were paying real close attention during the episode that we had Hunter on, uh, the sex executioner is brought up quite a quite a bit, and uh, yeah, you know he's one of the artists, and he had this really nice speech planned out that they had shot and filmed, and right before the release, I guess they had to go through and cut ten minutes on uh, on Shutter's request. Okay, so obviously some stuff you didn't want in there, you know, something you wanted to keep buried. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot of people that are pushing for Shudder to pick this up as a miniseries, uh, do like a 10-parter. I wholeheartedly agree. I think Shudder should go as far as to upload the entirety of all of the Guar movies, because there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, it's that perfect sort of schlock shit that Shudder is looking for. Um, this guy's been working on this movie for a couple of years now, as uh, Hunter Jackson said. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it must be tough. It must be really tiring and expensive to run around and try and track all these guys down and get all this information. And that was another thing. It was interesting who made it into the film and who didn't make it into the film. Um, for example, the most recent iteration of Beefcake the Mighty, the bass player, Jameson Land, uh, he was on the previous two albums so battle maximus and blood of gods he was dave brocky's the lead singer odorous urungus he was his roommate um when dave brocky passed away and uh you know he he doesn't even get mentioned by name they just kind of i know who they're talking about when they say you know he made the phone call so on and so forth um He's, I don't know. I also had a really weird experience with Jameson one time. It kind of turned me off. I was going to see a show and I had this uh, white t shirt that I projected a Guar Chaos star onto. And by hand, I went in and sharpied the whole design. And uh, he got up in my face when I was waiting outside the gate or the stage door. He was like, Oh, where'd you get that shirt? Did you buy that? Is that a bootleg? I was like, No, dude. I just. I just sharpened it on. Like, <laughs> look, mm-hmm. it's a fucking. Can you not see how shitty this is? <laughs> um, so I just I thought it was uh interesting that he was not featured. It makes me wonder if they maybe had more of a strenuous uh breakup with him leaving the band because that wasn't. It's only been like a year and some change, two years maybe since he's left. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet Volvatron, who was with the band for maybe six months, only did live shows with them and was never on album, was never on a record. Uh, she was fired from the band for, I guess, getting too fucked up to do shows safely for one example. I don't Mm -hmm. know. There's a lot of hearsay there. You know, she's got some dialogue in the movie. Um, some other people that show up are, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, the main cop from Reno 911, uh, Alex Winter of Bill and Ted fame, mm-hmm. Colette Miller. I don't know if that name rings a bell to you, but Colette, yeah, yeah, she, of Colette Miller. She does the uh, the International Angel Wings project, 
and she was the original Guar woman in the band. So she's back for the interview. Um, Angel art. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they got these big, you know, it's the... Um, Drum on brick walls mm-hmm. and, and just in alleys and stuff. Girls are always uh, taking pictures in front of them, just these big old angel wings. Let's see, is there anybody? Uh, no, I got Colette there. Um, I got the petitions. I'm gonna I'm gonna send an email to Shutter. <laughs> That's how much I want there to be a miniseries. Right. Um, trying to see if there's anything. I got I got a couple of quotes or excuse me clips from here. Oh, um, I saw something that felt incorrect. I'm curious if the name of the band has changed at this point. But I met the guitar player Pete Lee, who's got a decent amount of dialogue in the movie. I met him in, at his house back in 2017, and he was playing in a band at that time called The Death of Rock and Roll, which is something that I've, it's a song that I featured in one of our intermissions. However, at the end of this movie, th- when the, they've got the splash card featuring Pete Lee, they say that he's in the band uh, Rock and Roll is Dead. Uh, so I, I don't know what's uh, I don't know what to think of that necessarily. I don't know if he changed the name or they just fucked up that bad. <laughs> mm, probably the latter. Uh, but I, you know, I thought there was a lot of really refreshing hot takes, and it wasn't just this um, overpouring of you know this person was so phenomenal, so amazing, and so wonderful. And while I think. Um, it's certainly true to some degree. I th- I like the fact that they showcased. <laughs> I like the fact that they showcased that you know there was times where we we're re- really you know pissed off with each other and uh, you know the they have this name the Slave Pit Incorporated for a reason. You know a lot of these dudes were treated like slaves. You know by their own sort of by the band needing so much people gave so much of themselves to it uh so i i, I thought there was a lot of really nice introspection mm-hmm. um the only other thing is the fans seem to be really taken aback by how blunt hunter jackson is in that documentary how so uh because he was like you know he Hunter came out and said straight that he hated um, Dave Brocky and, uh, you know, people were just kind of taken aback by just how much... Vit- by how undiplomatic he was about the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, very matter of, of facts, and people weren't, I guess, prepared for that. But, um, I, I don't know, I would consider Hunter a pragmatic guy. Um, I'm sure that it was just the the Heidi Teddies that were offended. I'm sure people like you and people who really know the band they know that they know that that's the deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and there's, Hunter Jackson and Brocky have and, that animosity. And there's still people that get onto these fucking Reddit ask me anything's and they're like, uh, go go dine with Brocky. Well, Reddit is fake. Well, and it well, I mean, not that it matters much, but. The feed bags as well. They're still so... It's just like it never stops. <laughs> yeah, those are loser emporiums. I'm talking about just where people hang out and bitch all day. Indubitably. 
Uh, we should get a podcast instead. Pitch on that. <laughs> well, um, let me hit you with some clips here. I thought uh, this first one here just highlights how awesome this band was when like they really hit their stride for the first time and they felt like you know this is something that we can we can take this and we can do something with it hunter is actually featured at the very end of this clip just like listen to the excitement in his voice without dave it's not a band and without hunter it's not space barbarians so the two of them and their ideas colliding together was this kind of supernatural event Immediately, everybody in Richmond loved it. They loved it, and Guar blew up after that. You really got to give credit to Hunter and his brilliance and Brocky and his energy. Two stars hit, and then it was like, boom. They couldn't have done it without each other. It was a pretty quick snowball of this movie <laughs> starting to roll down a hill, and then all these people jumping on it, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We had a lot of creative people that were just basically moving in and setting up shop and no one was saying no to them. And if we had said no, maybe Guar never would have been as cool as it was, you know? So I will defend our open house policy of misfit artists till the end. Halloween 1986, Guar plays their biggest show to date in a big commons area in the middle of VCU. It's called Schaefer Court. Iggy Pop played there. A lot of big touring bands played there. And that place would be packed. There'd be 500 to 1,000 people there. So when they hired Guar to play Halloween, that was a really big deal for us. All of us worked together really hard to make this one particular show and we were going to debut a lot of stuff. A giant dinosaur and a cockroach come out and fight. Terrorists take over the stage. Every Guar villain comes out. A giant airplane engine falls out of the sky and lands on stage and kills people. Boom! It was so awesome. It was so awesome. I think we all came away from that with a feeling that this isn't just a joke band anymore. This thing really has potential. I remember feeling like, this is what I want to do. This is going to be huge. Man, if there was a show that I could travel back in time to check out, giant dinosaurs and cockroaches fighting on stage, holy shit. <laughs> and, man, they show a video of that turbine coming out of the air, and holy fuck, like, they got it on some string, and it's just, like, on a zip line straight down to the stage. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of uh, love and work went into it. No doubt. Uh, this next clip, the bus footage. I love all of the video that they have being on the bus. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. That's some of the best touring footy you can find, the tour bus footy. And uh, I think you'll notice in this next clip, they got a, a hobby that uh, you share interest in as well. Dave would book oh, these God. cross-country tours by just calling numbers out of the back of Maximum Rock and Roll, and we just took off with a Rand McNally Atlas and, you know, a bunch of quarters to use the payphone when we got lost. We made it across the country probably about six or seven times in these school buses broke several axles on them and got stranded a couple times in the Rockies, but it was fun. Those were fun days. I wouldn't trade those memories for anything because traveling cross-country and all those windows and just laying in your bunk and 
going around with the circus. The thing is, I remember even Dave, who's like the biggest rock star in the world, was such a geek and nerd. Then we're getting a D D, that stupid game that your boyfriend plays. We were always into Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff, and Rocky was into it, and he was good at it. You know, like you played it, and you were like, "Well, this isn't stupid at all. Like, this is really fun because, you know, it was like any one of the campaigns that he ran could have been a great fantasy novel." I remember like one of the first times I went out of town with Guar him reading a Conan book by a flashlight and to us all listening, like we were sitting on a radio in the 1930s. It was like absurd, but it was so like quaint and, and special. Oh, I lied, honey. Why did you lie to me? Why, why, why? Where is he? My new shoulder pads are too bouncy and I just don't know what to do. I can't fake something like, oh like that. I'm so sad for Fuck. God. <laughs> Nice Robert E. Howard shout out there with the Conan. Yes, and man, like th- just this this particular section of the um, of the documentary, I watch it and I'm thinking this is some true red blooded Americana. Just a bunch of punks in a bus. The bathroom is an oil filter or an oil funnel fed to a hose that's got <laughs> running out the back of the bus. So when they take a leak, it just sprays all over the road. <laughs> this is this is how you do it. <laughs> and they said that's, uh, that's American rock right there. It was seven or eight trips cross country. Wow. Yeah, that sounds uh, a lot a lot of fun, but it also sounds rough. And imagine doing it, uh, living that rock and roll stuff. See, this is one thing that I get. Uh, I experience frustrations at when people just stop at this concept that, oh, you know, Guar only exists as a gimmick. Without the gimmick, they don't have anything. But what they don't really appreciate is the fact that not only are these stories and these songs that the band are writing, not only are they autobiographical, but to a certain extent, I would argue that so much acid is being taken that to a big degree, if you're tripping balls and you throw on this monster costume, like you kind of become that fucking monster. Like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that amount of hallucinogenics just pull you deeper into this crazy, you know, circus? It either does that or it kills you. You're just sweating and you're in your big outfit and you're freaking out. Maybe it's a bad trip or something. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a lot of work. You you can't give a band like this. That sort of passed. They're just a gimmick because they they put in the work. Well, they did the work. This next clip is uh, it's a pretty gratuitous display of doing the work. We had this super fan who would send us bottles of liquid acid, and they'd be in the freezer oh at the slave pit. I'm up there working on something with Don, and Dave comes in with a bunch of people he's collected. They're going to go on an adventure. And Dave pulls the li- bottle of liquid acid out of the freezer, and he squirts so much into his eyeball, I couldn't believe it. Just like, you know? And then he was gone for three days, and, like, I heard stuff, like, all over town, like, oh, we were, I think we were running up the center of 64 Median naked. And then, like, you know, he comes into work, you know, Monday, and it's like nothing happened. He's just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. I'm stripping my balls off for three days. I don't remember really what happened. It was like on these epic journeys to the center of the mine. 
So yeah, I mean, that's where he drew his creative well, but sometimes it's really rough to work with someone or try and rein that kind of personality in. Once he got on one of these binges, the lack of sleep would make him get a little unhinged, a little unbalanced. I should clarify, they're talking about uh, Odorous Urungus or Dave Rocky. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to convince people to join his, his movement. Sometimes he'd just get pretty divorced from reality and it would be a little scary. Like the hell bop thing was happening and the Heaven's Gate was all happening. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. The rest of us, we're just making some art. This is a lot of like input to come up with these weird ideas. Dave sort of started getting into believing it and talking about how Slave Pit was going to become their own renegade compound and go up against the government and stuff. And it would be like, oh, okay, like, where, where, are you in character now talking about this? Summoning the master. Call forth his form most vile. Dave never thought he was burn. taking it far enough or being true enough. So he would like really push the boundaries and it would be sometimes where he was just out there. There were plenty of times when I saw Dave perform, and I'm like, oh my God, Dave is gone. Whatever demon or monster drives him is fully in control now. And Dave Brocky is only a passenger watching from the back seat. That's got to be... <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, I've always thought that singing in a band is uh it's kind of it's kind of like prayer and and singing in general is kind of like praying or, or chanting or I invoking you know it's an invocation and with this i mean with brocky and guar i mean that's just the ultimate invocation singing um. mm, mm -hmm. indubitably it's warlock shit i mean it's i can see this guy doing a bunch of acid getting all dressed up in this thing and totally being enveloped by this character and by this this demon inside him. I can I can see that absolutely. Well, this uh this last clip and then there's one last thing we'll have to touch on uh about the guar story for this episode, but um man, I heard this and the fucking bells were firing off in my skull. Uh, I think we all know, unfortunately, how this fucking story ends, but I just, I can't believe that everybody's resident breakthrough pain experts made a fucking appearance. We were just like, shit, we're getting a second wind, let's fucking grab it. If we can be offers for shows, let's just keep taking them. But being older and spending a lot of time on tour leads to some bad habits and not just the drinking every night because you're so bored or lonely, but the physical toll, like... Dave's classic, like, back, jumping around and singing with those costumes on your back. I remember hearing about people just stealing or getting oxies and just being like, huh, that's weird. I loved Dave Brock. I looked up to him. I, I asked him questions about life. And one thing about Brocky is no matter how much partying, how off the rails he was, how crazy he was, when it came showtime, he was fucking, he loaded that truck in, he did the show, he pulled the work of all of us, and then loaded that truck out. And then, you know, all bets are off. But his work ethic started waning, you know? He 
we started missing sound checks and it just wasn't him. And I somehow had the wherewithal to go, I don't want to be present for this, you know? So please do something about this. And if you don't, I'm going to have to go. And he's, dude, you're right, whatever. And he was supposedly, and he didn't. He didn't. And I knew he didn't. Motherfucking Purdue Pharma, man. Yeah, Sacklers. Yeah. Well, uh, like you said, with the back issues, painkillers enter the scene. Mm -hmm. And painkillers are pretty fun. So shouldn't do them, but they're addictive as shit. There's a reason why they're addictive because they're pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I would, uh, I would highly recommend, um, I would highly recommend everybody go and check this out. Give us some loving. It's well worth your time. A lot of, a lot of, uh, great footage all around. Uh, there's one other thing I, I want to address and, um, it's, Okay, so I was looking around the guar.net merch page, and lo and behold, I saw this image of a patch that said Pit Records, and I got to thinking, well, what the fuck is Pit Records? Because from 1984, when the group was started, it's been known as Slave Pit Incorporated. Um, it's an actual company. It's shares and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been the name of the collective since the get-go. It's a uh, copyrighted. Uh, what was it? Was it called a a property? Uh, something like that. And uh, you know, I I got to looking this pit records up. Can't find anything about it on on the socials. Can't find nothing about it on the website or on the internet. Nothing on the website. Um, only only discogs and a handful of uh album reviews mention it and it's a, a it's a new outfit a new label uh they've only released 3 albums and it's been the new ones so scum dogs triple x which was a live album uh the disc with no name and that was a that was an acoustic little ep <clears throat> and then the new album the new dark ages came out on it and uh, on Discogs, it's actually listed as a sub-label of Slave Pit Records. Slave Pit Records being the record label that Guar originally released their stuff under. Indubitably. And uh, it's I, I, was, I was a little taken aback. Is They took the slave out of Slave Pit because... They got they got woke. They got awakened. I they I got don't know. Cancelled something like that. I mean, there's not really <clears throat> any information. Uh, I I didn't go as far as to see you know how far the the uh, copyright for pick records went back. Um, but just based off of my gut intuition, intuition, this kind of feels like a flinch, like they're trying to get ahead of something, but. 40 years of their material exists on Slave Pit Incorporated, you know? Sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's the times. Everything's getting canceled and rearranged now. Slave Pit Records, and I, I brought this up with you, so this, this the band Guar and Hunter Jackson, all these guys, are based out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy back during the Civil War. It is essentially the capital of 
of what is known as the Slavery Institution, the Institution of Slavery, headquartered in Richmond, Virginia, uh, in the United States. So it always kind of struck out to me that these guys' name was Slave Pit, and I'm wondering if that, and I know that you sent me something on it. You sent me a, a clip uh, that kind of talked about it a little bit, but I figured, yeah, that, that probably has maybe something to do with it. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, it was a TED Talk given by Dr. Michael Bishops, who's their uh, lead singer, Blothar the Berserker. He also was Beefcake the Mighty for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Smart dude. Very smart. A doctor. Uh, there was a review here. Um, worth noting, the band is releasing the New Dark Ages via their own label, Pit Records. That will make it one of the few Guar full lengths not to be released by Metal Blade. I don't have a point. I just think that's interesting. That's all you. Uh, that's all. <laughs> As you were. Mm. I, I thought that was kind of strange. I wonder if they're thinking the same thing as us or not. Um, but yeah, I hope. Uh, I hope it stays the slave pit. I really do. One can only hope. Hmm. Uh, did you have any more? Um, any more thoughts or anything? No, no. I think uh, I got to go check it out. I, I wasn't able to see it last Monday. Right, I didn't go last Monday. It was when I was slated because they had a screening in San Francisco of This Is Guar, and I ended up uh, not going and doing episode one hundred eight instead, uh, doing the intermission rewind because I just was wiped out after a, a week of gigging. But I'm sure that they're still screening it around, so I should go in and uh, find a local cinema. Check it out. Indeed. It's well worth your time. BTS Ultra. The BTS. The BTS. uh, A a group that we have never really discussed on the show before. No, we haven't, but they are... Well established as probably one of the leading musical groups of the time right now. They are one of the best selling musical acts in the world. And they stand at the very tip top of the pyramid of, of K pop, which is uh this generation's just I guess the the music of the youth <laughs> is K pop, Korean pop music. And if these Which, numbers were to be believed and slash if they even mattered, it's uh, 45, or excuse me, 40 million army members subscribed to the band's YouTube channel with another 30 million following the official Twitter and Instagram accounts. Yeah. And for me, the, the interesting moniker of popularity of K-pop is you, you have to watch live performances of them performing they perform in Korea, obviously, but in Japan and China, all over Asia, they're massive. They're like the Beatles of Asia. And there's a couple of bands that are kind of like that because Asia has such a massive population and they have these massive stadiums and things that they fill out when these guys come to town. And there are other groups, girl groups like Twice and, and other K-pop groups that just will pack out a place. And and it's 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 interesting to see a hundred thousand kids go nuts with mm-hmm. these groups. I mean, it is kind of like a Beatles type of event. 
And there was, of course, the big, uh, I forget what the context of it was, but there was some big show off between PewDiePie's fans and um, BTS Army. They were doing yeah, something. that's some Zoom Zoomy shit that I have no idea. I don't know anything about that. Mm. That's teeny bopper shit. Well, I found a, uh, a link to a BTS MK Ultra reference discussion thread on who is this through Vigilant Forums. <laughs> vigilant, how vigilant of them! I know. Thank goodness. Um, thank they, you for your vigilance. And uh, in this post, they highlight a handful of uh, classic Illuminati symbolism. Uh, we got the Freemason's Oath, so it's the finger to the mouth for the secret master degree. The candidate places two fingers to his lips and is told that his obligation, quote, enjoys secrecy. And uh, you got images of the band with two fingers over the mouth, or maybe a thumb, or maybe just the pointer finger. Uh, these are all different types of Freemasonic gestures. And it's also a reference to the South Park boy band, Finger Bang. Finger bang bang into my heart. Finger bang bang. Uh, we got the silencing program. Of course, the shh, be quiet. Uh, lots of, there's a, a photo of every member of the band doing this um, with some, eh, there's some low-key duck lips going on, you know. Uh, mm. But of course, uh, shushing, it could be, you know, you got to keep the secret. You got to keep it quiet, keep it close. Keep it secret, keep it safe. Uh, one of the dudes, I don't know who the fuck the, uh, what the fashion designer for this particular outfit was thinking, but, um, they totally gussied up the, uh, one of the members in black leather with a, uh, with an army cap that featured Nazi regalia. Uh, So way to go there, I guess. (laughs) Always topical. (laughs) Uh, this post highlights the fact that he's sitting on an animal print pillow, which, of course, animal prints is a classic sign of uh, beta programming in the MK Ultra program, if I'm oh. not mistaken. Yeah, a, a lot of uh, animal prints signify that there's some sort of sexual nature. Uh, with the, It's like a sex kitten. <laughs> Ooh, wild and untamed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I was not aware. Uh, they got some... Uh, Free, see, not free. Um, eyes wide shut references. Alice in Wonderland. Uh, that, that just deals more so with rainbows. There's a, f- a fairly prominent rainbow featured in Eyes Wide Shut, and uh, oh yeah. Um, uh, so they're just kind of pointing out different times a rainbow showed up in their videos, which you know, okay. And, um, and you haven't actually seen the film Eyes Wide Shut by Kubrick, right? Correct. But yeah, I've, there's, I've, there's a lot of rainbows in that, too. I've listened to and watched a lot of discussion videos about it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's on our list, our, our BTS uh, video list. Interesting. Yeah, the rainbow comes up again and again. Uh, what I understand about it, the rainbow it represents a sort of like a portal or a, a little fold between the two planes of reality or a transition from one dimension to the next or something like that. I always kind of took the rainbow as sort of like the carrot dangling from the stick somewhere over the rainbow. You know, that that leprechaun's mm-hmm. pot of gold is at the end of the rainbow. Sure. Yeah. There's a door somewhere in the firmament. We don't know where it is. Um, Something like that. What else do we got here? Uh, they make it this interesting claim in the actual posting. Uh, one of the members takes the red pill, which symbolizes being a slave. 
BTS are known to reference a lot to the Matrix. Ah, the Matrix, yeah. which is very culty, very Satan-y. Uh, but it's interesting because they state that the red pill symbolizes being a slave, which I thought was interesting because allegedly if you take the red pill in the Matrix, you're supposed to wake up. Mm. But well, in, in Asia, the red pill's cool. Uh, and there's a picture of a, one of the members eating pills from a big plastic container. Um, lots of rabbit symbology, rabbits being another sexual sort of symbol. Uh, if you think of the playboy bunnies, um, I know MoFax has done a really fascinating deep dive on the program nature of, uh, these playmates. It's very Mm. interesting. Um, yeah, very like legal and above ground sex slavery type stuff. There is a photo shoot promo for, it's either an album or a, a, a concert, but they're sitting in a field full of poppies, which is very reminiscent of a scene from Wizard of Oz, where uh, Dorothy and the gang are in this field, and it starts snowing, and they're surrounded by all these poppies, and it starts putting them to sleep. Of course, poppies are what are these used to make opioids. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some sort of, uh, drugging reference, allegedly, legend has it, in Minecraft in this photo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Yellow Brick Road is featured in the music video for Singularity. There's a short, uh, image, or excuse me, a, a short shot of this hand-drawn Yellow Brick Road map. I got a picture of it in the show notes, actually. Uh, and, and other than that, just lots of, uh, rabbits and butterfly stuff bunny ears and, and the whatnot. Mm-hmm. So these bands might uh might be in on the take. Just from the this I'm looking at this image here in the notes, I awake from sleep. It's got a couple in the center and then it's got four people around offset that are on the ground, like lying and pointing away. And it looks just like the thing I'm gonna talk about later. Georgia Guidestones. Very spooky. It's like the exact same sort of like positioning and and structure. Now that I think about it, uh, Servo, I believe, at, at some point provided us with a document which I have saved somewhere on um, on Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, and on the the original text and what the what the book represented and what what themes it was trying to to get. It was trying to be a, like a modern American fairy tale, and from what I remember. And before even Cyril gave me the document, it had a lot to do like the the yellow brick road was originally silver or something, and she had like silver slippers, and it was all about the gold standard and the silver standard. I guess the yellow brick road still existed, so they had the yellow brick road, they had silver slippers, and it was all about like monetary policy, <laughs> to in a, in a way. Uh, I got to get back into that and uh, inform myself on that. I already uh, I already got some stuff being pulled for that one. Been prepping, sitting on it, letting it stew. Yeah, stewing that one. Yeah, there are a couple man that I've been stewing on it. I got that one's one of them. I got it saved somewhere. Thank you, Servo. Uh, I think uh, I I do have something that's kind of short. Uh, I don't know if you have any interest. It's from last week with uh, excuse me from two weeks ago, but we never got to it. Are you interested in? 
curse words that haven't aged so well from the past. Oh, yeah, I love them. I, yeah, it's a big part of uh, Shakespeare. All of the fucking... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize we were going to the next dungeon. I should have put my hat on. <laughs> my bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, talking about curse words. And that's... Uh, there's a lot of Shakespeare stuff that were great curse words then, but are gone now. Uh, so I, I mean, this list is huge. This is a long, long list, and we're not going to get uh, through all of them. But uh, I thought maybe I could hit you with some of the ones that stood out to me, like Splud. Splud. Or Splood. Splood. Shakespeare Splood. is famous for including this swear in many of his plays. When a character uses this exclamation, like Splud, I would, I would my face were in your belly. In Henry the Fourth, Part One, you know something is about to go down. It's short for God's blood, and it packs a powerful punch in the Bard's work. That's right, God's blood, God's blood. We got uh, bloody Nora. Our sincere apologies to Nora's everywhere. It is the pesky Brits, Brits, excuse me, who are to blame for this one. Back in the day, Cockneys would often utter flaming horror to show their complete and utter disbelief about something. Naturally, those rhyming Cockneys just couldn't resist changing things up. And what do you get? Bloody Nora. Yeah, bloody Nora. That's a very British cuss, curse word. Can I get this next one? Hell yeah. Thunderation. Thunderation. What in tarnation does thunderation mean? Well, if you prefer to keep the blaspheming to a minimum... Then it'll do the trick. A lighter version of the swear, damnation. It's a lighter version of the swear, damnation. It's the perfect way to show your irritation without taking the Lord's name in vain. Okay. And we can certainly see an old prospect or a saloon owner hollering this one, which makes sense since its heyday was in the 1830s and 40s in America. Thunderation. You should do this next one, too. (laughs) Okay. This next one is Caca Fuego. For anybody who has an inkling of Spanish, you'll know that caca fuego essentially means shit fire. Caca, shit, fuego, fire. Caca fuego was also the name of uh, Sir Francis Drake's ship, which I did not know. And despite the literal meaning of the term, it was originally used to refer to someone bragging too much about their accomplishments. A braggart. And, uh, <laughs> caca fuego. <laughs> That's a good one. Caca fuego. Uh, next up is whelp. You whelp. 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 Uh, this Renaissance era term could be used for both naughty dogs and human children. How versatile. It's meant to insult the misbehaviors by comparing them to fragile little puppies. Despite how harsh the taunt may seem, though, whelp was used well into the 1970s in some communities. Maybe hold off on bringing this one out at your next family get-together. Whelp. You miserable whelp. I feel like that's in like a Charles Dickens novel or something. And Get the morbs. It's, mor- <laughs> it's morbid time. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that Dr. Michael Morbius was going to make an appearance here. But if you've got the morbs, that's when life hits you hard. Someone from the Victorian era might tell you you've got the morbs. This rather clever phrase from 1880 means to experience some momentary melancholy. Uh, one to try at the water cooler, perhaps. Hey, what's up, Tom? Oh, I just got the morbs today. Man, I reckon you get your ass kicked if you say something like that. 
back in my day, my daddy would beat my ass for something like that coming out of my <laughs> godforsaken mouth. Dwarves. Uh, uh, way sucks. Grab your kilts. We're heading to ancient Scotland. The handy yeah. saying was invented through Scottish Middle English and stems from woe sakes. And this one's simple. Woe when a sakes. Scot was horrified, heartbroken, or just plain sad, they let out a way sucks or two. It's fun to say, though a bit hard to spell. Way sucks. Way sucks. Way sucks. Woe sakes. Woe oh, sakes. Woe sakes. Woe sakes. sakes. This uh, is when he loses at a game of darts. Woe oh, sakes. <laughs> I like this one a lot. Batty Fang. Batty Fang. Batty Fang. Would you call me? <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, although it sounds like gibberish, some of the silliest sounding Victorian slang words actually have pretty intelligent origins. Batty Fang, for example, is a low London phrase that basically means to beat someone up. Say uh, Some say it's derived from the French uh, Batre a fin. How fancy. Fin. A beat beat to death or beat to a finish? I would yes, something like that. This is typical like funny English words. Hey, I'll give you a batty fang, mate. Mm. You know? You tishy tosh, a pishy pish. Sort of you thing. are going to get down on your hands and knees. Just walk away. And there will be an end to the horror. Yeah, you want to do the next one? Fifteen puzzle. If some of this slang has you confused, 15 puzzle, no sweat. There's even a term for complete and absolute confusion. Is that what are you saying? Next time you're caught in a pickle and left scratching your head, you can say that you're feeling like a 15 puzzle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like a puzzle with 15 pieces? It doesn't sound very hard. Yeah, I don't Maybe know. Maybe it's 1,500 pieces, 15 puzzle. Or a $15 Puzzle, which back in the day was quite a chunk of change. No, hundreds of dollars when adjusted for inflation. When adjusted for puzzle inflation. Uh, and the last one, giggle mug. Giggle mug. Giggle mug. If Chuckaboo, that sounds racist. Whoa, wow. Still, nice one, boobs. Still has you <laughs> grinning from ear to ear. Someone from the Victorian area might call it a giggle mug. The phrase refers to a habitually smiling face. Just go easy on the maniacal laughter, or you'll be branded a bedlamite. I love that. So in English culture, because they like to keep, as they say, a stiff upper lip. And if you're some pish posh batty fang waysucks morbus who's going around habitually smiling all the time like an asshole, well they're gonna they're gonna put you down. <laughs> I actually pulled some uh, some ISOs in preparation for this. <laughs> Life isn't about enjoying things. <laughs> oh, how delicious it is! <laughs> Oi, what a giggle mug. What a mug full of giggles, mate. Oi, boy, you better wipe that smile off your face. I'll give you your batty fang, eh? Oh, batty fang, eh? No way. Ah, thunderation. By thunderation, this London town is too cruel for me. Mm, God damn it, Bobby. God damn it, Bobby. Gotta get out of this London town. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, that's uh, unless you want to hit more, we could go diving through the list, or perhaps we could do a scream mail and then take an intermission. Let's scream it up and uh, take the intermission. Oh boy! Oh boy! It is Monday evening. At least on the left coast, but yeah. you know, probably everywhere else too. Uh, Likely, unless it's outside of the continental United, well, out of just the United States period. Anyway, anywho, enjoyed that last interview uh, from uh, last Sunday. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, uh, scream, 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 scream. Christopher Battles, comrade Christopher Battles. Uh, yeah. Here uh, was a oh. Yeah, so when you're, like, just looking at the elephant, you know, and you're just like, what part of the elephant do I got to eat first? Because there's, like, a lot going on, and just things got to get done, yeah. and things want to get done, and and then you got, like, the work stuff slash financial stuff and all that other stuff, and it seems like, well, it comes down like that work stuff, obviously, is, like, more important because, you know, improving at work and Increasing the the finances finances of the household and the overall budget and yada 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 you know which mm-hmm. it was yada 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 day the other day America anyway, uh, yeah just got done running some kind of spacey uh, yeah so yeah the work stuff Trump uh, bypasses everything else but then the other stuff still got to get done because some it's time sensitive and whatnot and you're just kind of like ah. But you look at the elephant and you just go, well, what do I eat first? So, and then well, you know, maybe I got a little, eat a little bit of that, and then a little bit of that, and then come back to that. And yeah, got to budget the time, budget all this stuff, and make sure and keep on moving and, you know, staying happy. You know, just enjoying the journey. So, yep, I will listen to this uh, tomorrow. So, Thank you guys for everything you do. Lavash, Lush, and yep. uh, Moth Man of the Just Started a Garden this year with the wife. And uh, things are coming along. And there's uh, some wild peaches or plums or whatever that it's also growing out here. From mm, eat a lot of peaches. Paca! I got like another 10 seconds. Uh, I could uh, sing a ballad. No, I can't sing a ballad. I yeah, could, no, uh, no. Could, no. I could uh, count cheap. No, I'm just going to hang up. Bye. Bye. Hello tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> Stay happy, caller. Stay happy, caller. <laughs> we here behind the schemes endorse your happiness, sir. And that is medical advice. Mm, that is some really good medical advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this intermission is going to be some killer medical advice, advice? I think. <laughs> yeah. How advisular. That's a new word. I just made that up. Oh. Should have gotten more social points in there. Uh, <laughs> this one's going to be, uh, this one was a little thick, but I had some really good stuff, so I, I couldn't pass it up, sadly. But uh, Sadly. Sadly, I know. I know, but it'll be okay. How will we ever recover? I don't know. How will we ever recover from this, Booberry? We won't. Good.
years in jail for any person caught with a uh, with a with a rock of uh, crack cocaine, a piece of crack cocaine. Who trying to mess with Esse? Don't you know who my daddy is? That Hunter Biden was trading on his father's office to make fifty grand a month from the Ukrainians. In October, he admitted it. The fact that you were the son of the most person. Yeah, no, I, I, what role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. Son of Joe Biden, and boy, it's tough. I put the crack in the pipe and smoke it up. I like every day I'm tweaking, laptop tweaking, pictures of me on a cocaine bender. Quick pro Joe got me working in the Ukraine gas company directing. The only thing I know about gas, you can have it. Now I got 50k a month in my pocket. For the directors, charisma, I'm smashing. My dead brother's widow impregnated a stripper. But nothing is better than crack cocaine when you're rich and famous in the Ukraine. Cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine in Ukraine. Cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine straight to the brain. Cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine straight to the brain. I hear the train coming.
It was a 97th trimester abortion. That just sounds like murder. <laughs> I thought you were pro-choice. Oh, no, are you pro-life? Of course not. Oh, thank God. I'm not pro-anything. What? I'm anti-life and anti-choice. Oh, Jesus, why do I hang out with you? All right, gang, we're here. This here is Detective Ruby. Easy to ask for our help with this mystery. Right. See, a lot of my guys are split across the county at the moment, and I saw your group in the Yellow Pages. Think you can help with this? Certainly. Now, what can you tell us about the case? Like, is it a spooky pirate ghost? Or maybe a creepy legal crown? What? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, triple homicide. Jinkies! Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have been more clear with the details, but, uh, anywho, uh, what we're looking at is some kind of killing house. Torture devices and tools are just... everywhere. Found what looks to be three or four bodies crucified out in the backyard in what appeared to be some sort of pagan ritual. We're messing with one real twisted bastard, all right. I see. I mean, real sick, man. One girl's head was so caved in, you could use it to hold ice. Well, not that in the new burn of my mind. All right, guys, this 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 might not be the most in tune with our usual cases, but I'm I'm sure we can pull together and figure this out. Let's put up, gang. Velma and Daphne, you come with me to look for clues. Shaggy and Scooby, you guys e examine the bodies. Jesus Christ, it's all so real now. Uh, what are you doing? Looking for clues, of course. What, what is that, a magnifying glass? All right, gang. I think I know how we can catch our killer. Wow, that quick. What we'll need are some marbles, roller skates, and some Scooby snacks. Scooby? Okay, let's just wrap this up. I should have known from your vans you guys would all be tripping balls. Well, like, I guess the only mystery solved was how many sandwiches Scooby I could eat before we left. Wait, you didn't... You Did you use anything from in the fridge? Why? Is the fridge on it? The <laughs> suspect was a cannibal.
last night as drunk as I We now return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, Berry, 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 and Lavish, 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 Lavish. Welcome back to the second second half of show for episode 109 of Behind the Schemes. 109, that ends up to 10. And if you add 1 and 0, that equals 1. It's episode so, number 1. It's episode 1, day 1, baby. Foam finger number 1. Foam finger number 1. BTS number 1. BTS, a num- oh, never mind. I take that back. I Ty- take that back. Was it uh, Taiwan number 1? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Good Whoa, thing that we dude. are a value for value production. Otherwise, we'd be wiped off the face of the earth right now. No fucking doubt, man. Holy shit. What are you trying to do here? I'm trying to invoke the wrath of, of the menace abroad. I, I can hear them now. Yeah, they're just ghouls. <laughs> um. Watch out. <laughs> he seems upset all the time. Well, this is the part in the show where we like to thank all of the people that came out and helped produce this episode of Behind the Schemes. We like to call them Freaks of Hazards, and we got a couple of folks to thank for this episode. Lay them on me, Booberry. Coming in first, we actually had uh, Servo I wanted to thank. He sent me, I want to say it was episode 106, he sent me a big folder of uh, ISOs from a, a show that we watched together called Game Grumps. I don't know if you're familiar with Dan and Aaron. Uh, yeah, I've heard of this show. Yes. It's pretty fun. You know, there's, I I liked the older stuff a, a little better. It's a little more f- easy to sit there and be like, yeah, I can get into this. Uh, but every once in a while, they'll come out with something real fun. And he sent a slew of ISOs from an episode that they did where they put they they did a tier list of all of these cereal mascots and of course uh booberry makes an appearance could be the right deal without him <laughs> booberry wouldn't be the right oh god sorry i keep stepping on your isos where i grew up in jersey <laughs> <laughs> go ahead he seems kind of chill <laughs> uh all right i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna fire through these real quick um but I like his vibe. He's my favorite color. Booberry's way more famous than Frankenberry. Give yeah. him a B. Give him a B? Yeah. All right, for Booberry. Mm-hmm. He seems upset all the time. He's got a cool vibe. Booberry. He seems kind of chill. Let's put him right in the middle. Booberry. Booberry. Booberry was very rarely making appearances where I grew up in Jersey. But there's also Booberry. His eyes make me think he just twisted up a blunt before he came over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he just did. He's literally a puff of weed smoke. He's got a cool vibe. Uh, so uh, thank you for that. And um, he's been working with, uh, Servo's been working with me, that is, on uh, getting IRC to work. Uh, uh, we, You know, we sat here on Sunday and left the thing open for, it was a long while. I'm not sure what's changed under show conditions from the test conditions that, uh, have knocked IRC cacophony out of play. There's been a couple that have snuck through for this episode. I know, Lavish, you got one there. Uh, in the- During the intermission, I did sneak a gimp in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it must be a set it and forget it type of situation where you didn't do anything at all. It just stops working for some reason. Or you have to 
you have to kick it or not turn some knob. It's like, oh yeah, I work again. Interesting. Yeah, uh, service says he he wonders if it if it might breaks w- when a gal talks instead of doing a boost. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it's, all food uh, for thought. <laughs> uh, so we appreciate that as always. Um, and again, yeah, thank the, you, servo. those amounts were sixty six, sixty six. You can boost the goat ninety nine, ninety nine. Boost a gimp and thirty five hundred. Uh, boost a bump. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Uh, Toons Custom is, boostograms for your nog. Toons is here with his monthly support of $3.33. Yeah, Tajunta. Tajunta. Tajunta, Tajunta, Tajunta. Oh, times three. Thank you, Junta, for your monthly support. We really appreciate uh, the monthly uh, contributions. It helps keep the lights on, as they say. And you can always check out his and uh, his his lovely wife's Mousy Bear's uh, gummies. They now have a CBD series of gummies, but they just have also like really great, healthy, organic uh, gummies you can get at uh, mousybear.com. And you can find a link to in the in the notes. It looks like they got some new molds there too. Ooh, <laughs> you're reducing Ooh. the quality of the content. Guitar decided he wanted to crack open our old ranch tonight. <laughs> he wanted to crack open a goat. <laughs> Give me that blade you just slaughtered the goat with. <laughs> yep. We've got a little ranch back here, and those poor goats, they thought they were safe tonight. They were like, oh, God, thank God. They're not doing the booster goat tonight. Well, too bad. Oh, man. Uh, now it's a uh, selector's choice. And he's going, goat. <laughs> the goat is excellent tonight, sir. Excellent choice. Mm, excellent. Yes. We hope you Fresh enjoy. as it comes. <laughs> uh who was oh mary kate ultra and make heroism uh i know we we brought them up at the beginning of the show but i again just want to say thank you so much for uh uh for spearheading the threadless shop i cannot wait to rock that t-shirt i would highly mm-hmm. recommend and this is experts advice that you go and you go have some sex in one <laughs> Oh, yeah. Maybe sacrifice a goat before or after the sex. Hell, yeah. Smoke a cigarette in one. Oh, dude. Mm. (laughs) The choices are Cigarette in one hand, goat haunch in the other, cooking on the the fire pit. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. You are going to treat yourself. Mm, Treat yourself. Treat yourself. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Pitar has got it in. Got it in for the goats tonight. The goats are going down. Pitar is a goat slaughtering maniac. The goats call Pitar the boogeyman. Like, oh, no, not him. Oh, God, another. So many goats. Oh, Jesus. So little time. I think it's going to be insane, dude. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Getting a little moist in here. I know. Was that a goat noise? That was Mm. a goat noise. Is that a goat noise? Oh, another, another. Oh, More goats. Poor goat, poor goat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do make a lot of goat sacrifices. Oh, sweet oh. goats. May you find peace in the next ranch. Oh, and you too. You too. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Oh my man. Fuck these goats. They're going down. They're going down. Uh, These goats are going down. I should say that uh, when you are looking for the t-shirts, it's behind the schemes. Schemes are spelled normally. So it's going to be S-C-H-E-M-E-S dot threadless dot com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is where we do this show. We broadcast once weekly at that website. You can go check it out every Monday night. At 7 30, 9 30, 10 30. Quiet, you. 10 30. Yeah, shut up, Gimp. Nobody asked you. Nobody asked for the Gimp's opinion. Now, we did ask for your opinion. Yes. Yes. Oh, my. Um, Milady. And uh, behindtheschemes.com, SCH3M3S. Reach out to help support public radio by. Slaughtering goat tasing. We got so many goats. You can go slaughter your own. Just go to behindtheschemes.com with threes for ease and schemes. And you can also be part of the the slaughter. We also, you know, we should do now though is the reverse goat slaughter. And so that, you know, if somebody wants to put a goat back together again. Oh, yeah. Talking about a 15 puzzle. (laughs) Hey, oh. 15 puzzle boost. <laughs> uh, and Pizar asks, "Are you happy now, Satin?" Why, yes. Oh, quite yes, satiated. I, oh, so wait, happy, we got to do uh, a quick one here. Yeah, I think we, I think we will do a quick one. Yes, <laughs> this one's for Servo. Yeah, hell yeah, Servo. Oh my goodness! Uh, there you go. Coke is bigger than ever. <laughs> uh, it's all, it's all on all continents. Servo. <laughs> Saging the green room with uh, a little bumpski. Thank you, sir. Good thing we got all those mirrors sitting around. Yeah, we yeah. might as well put them to use. You're like, well, they're like, well, why are you going to Goodwill buying all these mirrors up? Well, let me tell you what, there, boy. <laughs> tell you what, we didn't buy them. We found them in the dumpster behind Goodwill. So fuck you. And second of all, because they're great and they they were free, so we're good. <laughs> I only I only saw it sitting there because I caught a reflection of myself blowing that one guy. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, wow, what a piece of art this is. <laughs> only later did I find that it was a mirror. Oh, it was life imitating art. It was one of the most fascinating things I'd ever <laughs> laid my eyes upon. And I see my reflection. Slaughtering a goat. I want to um there was a couple of boosts that we uh we should get here. That were coming in. Uh, one of them was uh, 6666 from Cotton Gin. He said, Servo plus plus. And Cotton Gin was mm-hmm. boosting the live tag for episode 109. And then it was you and me and you and me and 306 from Servo saying yay. He was uh, getting that Alex Jones boost going. 306 will get you a little yay from Alex Jones. I mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. have a bevy of... Uh, <laughs> ISOs of Darren O saying the same things as Alex Jones in these booths. So pretty soon here we'll get uh, uh, just a slew of Darren O <laughs> boost oh, <good>. ISOs. <laughs> That's yes, excellent. Uh, Add to the collection. I should do this one too. And everybody, I think it was Boo. That's like ah, oh, Darren doesn't use the boost bot. It's like fuck the boost bot. 
Oh, that's a good impression of you. I know. Uh, oh, oh, nice. oh, 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 what are you doing? I'm somehow Jordan Peterson. Can you hear me? You may be like the lobster. Well, why aren't you using the booster bot? Well, you really have to go on there and claim your room. Oh, According to my estimation, oh. you should be using the bot more often. Darren's not using the first bot. That's what Darren I sound o. like. Darren O. <laughs> I gotta work on my Darren O impression. Uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> and uh, was there anyone? Oh, and then uh, Servo with that last boost said Sage. <laughs> Sage with uh, the nice uh, boost of bump from Boast Clip. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Servo. Yes. We definitely appreciate it, everybody. It's been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to keep having so much more fun. Oh, there's just more fun coming all the time. You're not even going to be able to stop yourself from having this much fun. <laughs> uh, you're not going to be able to fucking walk through no. all the fun we're about to have. <laughs> you're going to be bouncing back and forth from the left and right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming to fruition. It's uh, all coming up Millhouse. Oh, uh, Millhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bart. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I should have. You know what? I have a, a cool piece of art that I found that I should put in the next episode show notes. I'm finding a lot of great uh, music gifts, mm. gifts with music. Cool. And one of them is a Simpsons one. You know, they're they're funky. P- people like gifts with music. You know, it's hip. That's what the kids are doing. This is what the kids are into, man. Yeah, man. I do cocaine. Yeah. I do cocaine. I do cocaine. What's that, Judge? Do we have any? Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Uh, do we have any other freaks of hazards to give the shout out to? Uh, nope. It was Mary Kane Ultra and Make Heroism were the last two. All right. Smoky, Smoky Joe. Uh, so uh, shall I? Shall I go into my stuff, or should we play a a, a scream mail? Or you know, I would play a scream mail, but we ain't got no more. That was it. All right. We're all out. I will. Uh, I will proceed then with the material that I have brought tonight. And I should just state that we still have plenty of time. Six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. Call that number up. Leave us. We a should play mail. the. Let's let's play the. If you don't mind, can we play the, the 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 jingle? Oh shit! Damn it! Cock blocked. Yes, spew, spewing everywhere. Spew, 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 spew on you. You gotta get those sexy numbers in there. Mm-hmm. You've gotta get those sexy numbers in there. You have to get those sexy numbers in there. Captain, <laughs> we have to get those sexy numbers in there. Captain Sex Log, Stardate 6969. <laughs> Things are going slowly, but surely along. 
Traveling uh, three times the speed of light past Uranus. <laughs> They've gone to plaid. <laughs> oh my. Oh, it, it literally, Sulu. Oh my. Oh my. Captain, oh my. Uh, beautiful. Well, uh, just, you know what? I'm going to do a station ID. We never do that. You're listening to Behind the Schemes right now. It's episode 109. My name is Lavish. We're here with Sir Booberry Mothman of the Miniocalypse. I guess I'm Sir Lavish as well. Ah, Sir and Lavish the Red. Sir Lavish the Red, uh, Knight of the Divided and Conquered California. And uh, yeah, we we are here doing our thing, doing our whole thing. And tonight, I brought up some. I've brought something to the table. I think that we it behooves us to talk about this. This is this is on our beat. I think, and. Um, the only reason I think we wouldn't talk about it is maybe because, I don't know, it's played out. But I haven't heard anybody really give a good, honest dossier on the Georgia Guidestones yet. Can I correct you really quick? Go for it. Wouldn't it be more appropriate to say that this story is on our batty fang? It's our batty fang. It's on our body fang. Body fang. <laughs> So the British took out teas before anybody. <laughs> they invented millennials. I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> ba a fang. Ba a fang. That was a throwback to Act One. Uh, yeah, the Georgia Guidestones. Yeah, I, I've heard people kind of bring it up, and and what happened is, is on July sixth, uh, twenty twenty two, which was a couple weeks ago, at four oh three thirty three local time. The so-called Georgia Guidestones were bombed in the in the night, uh, causing one of its four 16-foot-tall granite slabs to crumble. And uh, this was uh, all over the place. I mean, this was big news for about a week. The, the Georgia Guidestones were were a hot topic of uh, certain fields because they have they're they're spooky. They've got really spooky elements to them. And I'm sure the mainstream media was all a flutter with uh, tragic reportings of a another gratuitous display of uh, homegrown domestic terrorism. There were theories that were thrown about that, but ultimately they don't have any leads or have released any information, if they do have any information, on who did it. They've released <laughs> some footage, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, you can find it in the show notes, they released some footage of a possible suspect of a guy running up to it and running away. Uh, they, sh- they showed some other footage of a car that was driving up to it on the side of the road, not on the road itself. So they have like some ideas, but they had camera footage on this thing all the time. It, people have tried to vandalize it in the past, and um, you know they've thrown paint on it, or they've thrown chemicals on it, and they've tried to to mess it up, you know, as much as they can. But these things are massive. If you haven't seen them, like an honest picture of them with somebody like standing next to it or, or whatever, this thing is uh, over 19 feet tall. It's two stories tall. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's really big. Um, I did not know that. I thought it was like, you know, maybe 10. Yeah, me too. Originally, I thought when I... Yeah, but no, if you look at the picture and you look at the dimensions, and I got really into the dimensions of the thing to see what kind of occult numbers are hidden, you know, and whatever. But it really struck me. I was like, man, these things are big. And not only would these things be tough 
to build, but they'd be tough to source in general to find these massive granite slabs and then transport them, you know, in a way that they don't break, they don't chip. They've got these exact dimensions that these guys are looking for. Um, but anyway, they had, so just to, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Uh, these guys, somebody blew up one of the four major stones and that stone happened to be the one the the George Kide stones have 10 rules written on the main four slabs in eight different languages. And the slab that was blown up was the one that was Sanskrit and Hindi, I think, or Sanskrit and, um, oh gosh, what was the other? I'm already, because there's just so much, so much with this fucking thing to, to keep track of, but I do want to be exact. It was the Hindi and Swahili. Oh, okay. Hindi and Swahili was, was the, that was the tablet. So for anyone who doesn't know, I'll give a brief rundown on the, on the stones. They are, let's see here, the, the dimensions of the stones, which I have in the show notes. You've got four major stones that are, as I said, each one is about 16 feet tall and uh, six feet and six inches thick. So you've already got a six, six there. That's pretty Satan-y. There's a lot of Satan-y numbers. I, I, I can't get into all the numbers because it just it'd be boring, honestly. But it's all in the... <laughs> then I'd have to kill you. You'd have to kill me because it'd just it'd be <laughs> awful. Uh, you know, they're four major stones, six by six, six by four. But we've got the dimensions in there. So you've got the four major stones. They're tall. You have the one center stone, which is on top of the four major stones. And those are three by three and a half by whatever, you know, or you've got the center stone that that's in the middle of the four stones. So there's really five stones that hold up this thing. You've got the capstone on top and the capstone on top has the four dead languages written on it. And then you have uh, some support stones underneath the slabs. You have a time capsule, which is allegedly buried six feet below the, uh, where they were. And then you, you have the lettering. There were 4,000, sandblasted letters on this thing. Each one was approximately about four inches. Uh, on the four major stones, you have eight languages, uh, two on each stone. You have the modern living languages, which are, uh, let's see here, English, Russian, Hebrew, Arabic, Hindi, Chinese, Spanish, and Swahili. And then on the Center, or I'm sorry, the capstone, you have four dead languages. Sanskrit, cuneiform, Babylonian cuneiform, Egyptian hieroglyphics, and uh, ancient Greek. So you have eight living languages, four dead languages, for a total of 12 languages. And the modern living languages, they say the ten tenets of the stone, uh, and then the four dead ones just say this simple phrase, let these guidestones be... Let these be guidestones to an age of reason. And that's what it says in the dead languages. It's pretty sciencey. Uh, very sciencey. Uh astrological, astronomical, I should say, aspects of it. The four major stones orient <clears throat> to the limit of the moon's migration throughout the year. The there's an eye level hole drilled in the center stone a stone that points to Polaris, the North Star. And then also on the center stone, you have a slot and a hole that uh, mirrors the positions of the rising sun through the winter and summer solstices. So the, the entire range of, of the sunrise. And then the sunlight that beams through this hole can be used to determine the day 
of the year by marking noontime. Ooh, little sundial. Little sundial. So it's a sundial. It also could technically be used as a calendar and um and just a general tool to to mark all the major heavenly movements of the heavenly bodies that we, you know, use forever. That's kind of the foundation of whatever we're part of. Oh, I, I, I see down here at the bottom, you missed one. Uh, one of the things featured in the, the actual written text on the, uh, on the stones, it says, Brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> it's a big mystery. Who is responsible for the Georgia Guidestones? Probably Pfizer. But the evidence that we do have is is very scant except for certain like books that were written that are locally there that people have checked out from like the the library what's that uh, a, a library I'll, I'll, it's a I'll place with books I'll but that's not up. important now <laughs> yeah i was gonna give you the airplane treatment um booberry <laughs> do you know when the stones were built mm, i don't know the date Right off the top of my head, but it was 70s. It was 1980. Oh. As a matter of fact, it was March 22nd, 1980. 322. Yeah, yeah. Does that number have any uh, significance to you? 322? Not immediately, no. Well, for one thing, it is the number on the Skull and Bones logo. Oh. And there's a 322 that is located directly above the door to the tomb, the the building at Yale. Oh, okay. 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 Now we've got 322-1980, which makes the stones, uh, when they were demolished, they were 42 years old. They were sourced by the local granite company. Uh, and built by the local granite company, Elberton Granite Fishing Company. This is in Elberton, Georgia. Uh, the contractor, Joe Fendley, uh, reportedly a 32nd degree mason, commissioned was commissioned by an anonymous individual on behalf of, quote, a small group of loyal Americans, unquote. <laughs> now, this anonymous individual, he, he paid good money so that nobody would ask questions. But he called himself R.C. Christian, and he said he was a follower of Christ. Okay. All right. That checks out. Okay. All right. R.C. Christian. Now, people, a lot of people tie this to uh, Rosicrucianism and the the Order of the Rosy Cross, which is sort of an offset of Masonry in a a sort of way. I I suppose I've got some clips that, that might be able to bring some of this to light. This is from... As a matter of fact, a History Channel show, uh, Decoded. So it's kind of corny, but it has some pretty good information, and it is a mainstream source, so you get to hear from the horse's mouth what people generally are are told about the stones. Uh, If you could please play clip one, Mysterious Beginnings. How and why the Guidestones were built has never been answered. Here's what we do know. A man using the alias R.C. Christian shows up at the Elberton Granite Finishing Company on a summer day in 1979, and he tells them he wants to build the Georgia Guidestones. Now, this guy's got money, a lot of money. The only thing he absolutely demands is that he remain completely anonymous. 
To this day, no one has been able to figure out who he is. The stones were unveiled during a public ceremony in 1980. They were controversial immediately. Ooh. Already generating some buzz. Generating some steam heat, as the Ramones say. Uh, Yeah, Uh, let's talk about some of their astro alignments. Guides to astro alignments. Guides stones to astro alignments. Does this particular design have a purpose? Yes, it's designed primarily for the astrological alignments that the guidestones mark. So if you'll notice the stones as they face out this way, those are to mark uh, the sun rising at the uh, extreme points of its east or west progress. The male slot, meant to mark the winter or the summer solstice. A shaft cut through the center stone marks Polaris any night of the year. A slit cut through the top of the capstone will mark perfect noontime throughout the year. So you've got a calendar, you've got a compass, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you've got a translator, a guide. Right. It's a granite Swiss army knife. It is. Yes. Some people believe that it's merely a publicity stunt by the granite industry here to try to bring tourism in. So, they could have yeah. done it That's so expensive. much cheaper. Yeah, no it just seems like so well thought out for a tourist stunt. It seems like some sort of a publicity stunt for a local granite company. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I could tell. So, you, what do you think about that? You, yeah, no, right? No, yes? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. yeah. Is mm-hmm. it a big publicity stunt? Is it something the granite, the local granite mafia put together? Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Checks out. That checks, checks out. out. <laughs> well, anyway, that's uh, that's it. I guess then. I guess we're done. <laughs> Case solved. Case solved. We can go home. Bake them away, toys. <laughs> but you know, for for uh, for the sake of posterity, we shall, I guess, look into this RC Christian fella. Okay. If you don't mind, uh, please play Guidestones Three: The Rosy Cross. Let me tell you about the Rosicrucians. Christian Rosenkreutz is said to have founded the secretive Rosicrucian society in Germany in the early 15th century. But some dispute that the man even lived at all. Some people say he's not even real. Some people say he's more than one person. To the members of the society, Rosenkreutz was a doctor who'd spent a lifetime gathering what he called sacred knowledge. He formed the Rosicrucians to pass on the learning to make sure that it didn't die with him. So at first, all the members were doctors. Each one took an oath to heal the sick without payment, to maintain the secrecy of the fellowship, and to find a replacement for Rosencruz before he died. The sacred knowledge is said to include elements of alchemy and, just wait for this, psychic manipulation. Modern Rosicrucians are believed to have even been able to tap the ultimate power of the human mind. Some think the sect has evolved and they now seek to protect and guide humanity away from its own destruction. Others have accused the Rosicrucians of being out and out evil. To be clear, there are offshoots of Rosicrucians everywhere. Their main symbol is this, a cross with a white rose at its center. They call it a rosy cross. The R and the C from words rosy cross undoubtedly represent the founder's last name, Rosencruz, and some believe are a link to the R and the C in the Guidestones benefactor pseudonym, R.C. Christian. Interestingly enough, if you look at the Georgia Guidestones from above, they do form what appears to be a rosy cross. I like this. I've not heard this one before. 
the rosy cross. And you know, a cross can, uh, sorry, a rose can be white. Can be white. What? A white rose. And uh, and a and a if you're a rosy white cross, if you look at a little aerial view which I posted in the chat, you will see that uh, from the top the Georgia guidestones do look like uh, a white cross. Just a little something there. I want to go back and sorry I gotta find the notes again. I'm looking for an aerial shot. <clears throat> it should be yeah right right above yeah. the quotes. That does look like uh, a little bloom. A little blooming, a little blooming onion there. Yeah. Interesting. So we've got, uh, let's see here. I'll go from from my notes here. So according to the legend, Christian Rosenkrantz was a medieval German aristocrat. He was orphaned at the age of four. He was raised in a monastery where he studied for 12 years. He uh, allegedly discovered esoteric wisdom from a pilgrimage to the Holy Land uh, among Turkish, Arab, and Persian sages and possibly Sufi or Zoroastrian masters, and uh, learned the, the mystery schools, supposedly in the early 15th century. And um, there's some links to all that in the chat you can find. And he returned to Germany, and he founded the Fraternity of the Rose Cross, with himself as the head of the order. And uh, under his direction, a temple called the Sanctus Spiritus, or the House of the Holy Spirit, was built. This guy may or may not have existed. There's, uh, there's no, there isn't a lot of physical evidence of this guy, so it's entirely possible that he's uh, just a fake person, or is a real person with I don't know a group of people, kind of a Shakespeare type of theory, right? Where you got a <laughs> bunch of people that are really one guy, or one guy that's really a bunch of people. Behind each fake person is a whole ton of people. that's very true they should write that on on the wall at cnn (laughs) yes Uh, indeed uh so it is described that his body is discovered by a brother of the order it was in perfect state of preservation 120 years after his death which by the way occurred in absolute secrecy so this guy's an anti-zombie uh, he was in a heptagonal or heptagonal chamber erected by himself as a storehouse of knowledge. And it's described that the sarcophagus was in the center of the crypt. And on the, on the crypt, uh, on the sarcophagus was written in Latin, Jesus is everything to me, by no means empty, the freedom of the gospel, the untouched glory of God, the yoke of the law. Testifying to the builder's character. Is that yoke as in... Y-O-K-E or Y-O-L-K? Y-O-K-E. Okay. As in yoke the oxen, not throw egg yolks at your neighbor. Well, I just it gave me some cosmic egg that, uh, vibes there for a second. The yoke of the law. Yeah, <laughs> the yoke of the law should be the law of the land. <laughs> the universe is an egg. <laughs> we are but the yoke of the law. <laughs> Write that on my sarcophagus. No um, doubt. Excellent. If I had one, just kidding. I'm going to get a Viking burial. Just burn me alive. I mean, no, wait till I die and then burn me. Uh, Rosencruz's crypt, according to the description, is located in the interior of the earth. And uh, it recalls an alchemical motto, which is in Latin. Visita interioria terre rectificiata invenes occultum 
Lapidum, visitor of the interior of the earth, the rectification thou shalt find in the hidden stone. And what I thought was interesting about this is when you uh, shorten all that to, or what, what do you call it? Uh, it's when, when you take the first letter of each word and you make it all one big word. Oh, turn into a sigil? A sigil or, or like a, you know, a whatever. It, it spells out vitriol. V-I-T-R-I-O-L. If you oh. do the, all the Latin words, it spells out vitriol. Oh, that's kind of cute. So that's the main uh, influence or inspiration that people think that this guy who walked into this, you know, granite office in 1979, Georgia, out in the middle of nowhere, and asked for this ridiculous thing. Uh, this guy who wanted to remain anonymous, but who was obviously an educated, well-dressed guy, uh, he called himself R.C. Christian. There is, in fact, one guy who is still alive, who they interviewed, who was who had actually met him and known him. And if you go into the show notes and you go to the old... I've posted this old gazette from 1980 that was published by the Elberton Granite uh, Association. <laughs> Uh, a coalition of, of granite businesses that are located in Elberton. They had their own gazette. This one is from the spring of 1980, volume 24. And uh, it, the associate editor of this gazette is Hudson Cohn. And a lot of the characters that I've mentioned before, like uh, the 32nd degree Mason, who was a sales associate for the company, his name was Joe Fendley. Him and his wife and a lot of these people that I've mentioned, they are pictured in the Gazette, and there are pictures of the construction and of the sourcing of the granite. It's a really fun find, I think, and it definitely puts a lot of context into what the uh, the environment was at the time. But these guys were, you know, Elberton's known as a granite, as one of the granite capitals of the United States, some of the best granite that comes out of there. So the granite industry there is, is they're top dogs. They're boss hogs of the area. And this guy was uh, you know, a guy that was around at the time and met uh, this mysterious figure. If you could play Guidestones 5, Hudson Cone. But there was one other person who might know who R.C. Christian really was. His name is Hudson Cone, and he was there when the Guidestones were being built. Did you ever get to meet this guy, R.C. Christian? Yeah, or a man who was purported to be Mr. Christian. Okay. Joe Finley, the owner of Elder Granite Finish Company, he says, uh, Mr. Christian is coming to town, and I will introduce you to him. If you'll promise not to try to get him to divulge his name or who he represents. So we met at a restaurant, and Mr. Finley came in with this gentleman who was about, I'd say about 6'4". He's a pretty tall gentleman, uh, wearing a sports shirt and a tie. A very nice-looking fellow. Uh, he had kind of sharp features and wearing glasses, and he was bald about like me. See, so he had gray hair on the side. So we sat down and began to talk. Yeah, I used to travel a lot in the granite business, so I got pretty good at guessing accents. Now, this guy was from the Dakotas or somewhere in the Midwest. I mean, he obviously wasn't from New Jersey. <laughs> Most of the uh, speculation is not is to that, like, who he is, but who he represents. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea whether it be New Age or fundamentalist Christian. Somebody is trying to project a philosophy out there. Do you think there's evil behind the Godstones? No, I, I don't. I, I, well, it depends on whose interpretation. You see, uh, bottom line, ding, ding. anytime mm -hmm. you have something there's a little air of mystery about, it attracts people. 
pro yes. and con based on what you believe. I've had them tell me it's the holiest spot on earth. Some say it's um, a place of evil, that the guides of the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. You're not buying that. Oh, no. If somebody said it's quite a mystery. Uh -huh. I think basically that's why it was put here. Somebody wanted to stimulate curiosity. It's just a tourist attraction. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as. Simple as. No, nothing to see here. A giant Please. troll. It's <laughs> a big old expensive million and a half dollar troll or however much it cost back then. This thing wasn't cheap to build. The whole, the whole story is, is this guy, this RC Christian guy, he walks in. This is the alleged story, although everybody here apparently is a Freemason, so fucking they must have known each other. But they all walk into the building, or the RC does, and he goes, I want to build this thing. It has the dimensions. He's got it all on paper for him. And the guy who, who owns the place, this Joe Fenley guy, or a sales associate, whatever you want to call him, he goes, this is crazy. This guy's a kook. And he, and he lists some exorbitant number, you know, some ROM budget estimate that's like two to three times the, the uh, assumed cost of what it's going to be, if it were done at cost. And the guy goes, okay, where do I sign? <laughs> The guy goes, well, shit, now I have to do it, you know. <laughs> Damn, should have asked for more money. <laughs> That's it, dude. This is my job. I, I do this for a living, these estimates and shit. And, yeah, it's, it works out like that sometimes. But, um, yeah, it's it's funny, man. It, I, could, I can see it happening. But I don't, honestly, I have a little, and it doesn't really hold a lot of water when you look into it and you see that a lot of these guys kind of just, like, knew each other. It was a small world. You know, there aren't a lot of rich people running around in the Midwest in the 1980s, you know, in like a given area that are all Freemasons and that are all, you know, part of these elitist fraternities. They're, the whole point is that they're networking right. um, deals. And you can see from the Gazette that I posted that that's what these guys did for a living. On top of doing the actual construction work, a big part of their job is networking. A big part of their job is is making sure that they're, you know, establishing reputation and that they're they're creating personal connections with people who can give them work. Um, so this RC Christian guy, no one's ever seen him. He comes out of the blue. And there is a, a document that I found that is written by a fellow named Robert Roselli who wrote a book which is called The Theory of Evolution, Great Society of the Undead. It's pretty schizo. <laughs> But it has some very good information in there. Uh, for example, like he, he does in all caps certain letters in the name of his book so that it spells out, they live. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so he's definitely a rock and roller. There's no doubt about it. Um, and he writes a, a good paper on the origins of the stones. It's called 322. And he all relates it to, um, in the end, he ultimately calls it all a, an eco scam, like like a green new deal type of scam where they use crises in order to gain power. <laughs> Who knew? Imagine if that were the case, um, dude, that would be crazy. It'd be wild. Imagine a world, right? Where people fabricated false crises in order to strip rights from people in the pursuit of a one world government. How Wait, incredible. Would that you be? mean to tell me that we can get filthy fucking rich by striking utter terror and fear into the hearts of the population? Oh, wow. And you're telling me that they 
the vast majority of them won't even question it or think <laughs> twice about it. They'll just do it, whatever we tell them to do. Bro, is this motherfucker asking me to do this? What? Are you? What? What? Dude, Write that down. That's crazy. Write oh that my down. God. We're doing that later. Later. We're not doing it now. We're gonna do we're gonna think on yeah, that. We're gonna yeah, let that stew. Yeah, yeah. It's a novel idea, folks. That's why you listen to this show. You know, we come up with novel ideas like this all the time. Yeah. There's groundbreaking hypotheses being spread faster than some other stuff that was being spread earlier tonight. Hey. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't spread fast enough, if you ask me. Oh God, we need more paper towels. It's sorry, it's too late. So too late for that. Um, so I have some quotes from this guy. So this guy that I was talking about, this Robert Roselli, he went to Elberton. He went to the local library, a building with books, and <laughs> he. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> for for our younger listeners, a library is a building with books in it, and. Um, and he found this book called When Man Awakens, Let Him Behold, dot, 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 The Georgia Guidestones. Wow. A, a local copy. There was only one copy of it, and they didn't let him take it out, so he had to photocopy the whole, the whole book. But he has some quotes from this R.C. Christian guy. Uh, one of the things he said was, quote, It is very probable that humanity now possesses the knowledge needed to establish an effective world government. In some way, that knowledge must be widely seated in the consciousness of all mankind. Very soon, the hearts of our human family must be touched and warmed. So we will welcome a global rule of reason. And, you know, to speak specifically on the uh, seeding in the consciousness of all of mankind, this concept... Did you mm. see the uh, debut title of the newest, baddest Captain America movie coming out to a theater soon? No, I didn't. What is it? Captain America, New World Order. Oh, I thought that was a joke. No, bro. I thought somebody photoshopped that. They really are calling it that? Mm-hmm. As yeah. far as I'm aware. Huh? Let, me, let me fact check you. Please continue well, with the quotes. I can see why they would, because it gets a rise out of people like you and me. And people will actually go and hate watch it now. I won't, because I can see through your ruse, you fucking assholes. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to watch your stupid cape shit movies anymore. I'm done. Like, I don't even watch fucking Star Wars things anymore. That's how dead you people have made me on the inside. All right. <clears throat> we continue. The next uh, quote here from R.C. Christian is, quote, the group consciousness of our race is blind, perverse, and easily distracted by trivia when it should be focused on fundamentals. We are entering a critical era. Okay. Another quote. He's talking about the dimensions of the stones. Quote, They mark the extreme positions of the rising and the setting of the sun in its cycle of 18.6 years. They surround a central stone, it's oriented north and south, uh, blah, 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 it talks about the dimensions. We believe that each human being has purpose. Every one of us is a small but significant bit of the infinite. The celestial alignments of the stones symbolize the need for humanity to be square, ding, 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 that's a Freemason reference, people, square, mm -hmm. with external principles which are manifest in our own nature and in the universe around us. We must then live in harmony with the infinite. Hmm. It sounds Excellent. very, very poetic. 
I like that. It it's very yeah, it's very flowery language talking about one world government. It's it's a uh, it's seductive. It makes language. me feel good, man. <laughs> yeah, don't you want to be part of this? This feels, sounds like a great idea. It feels real good. It feels so good to me. It's so great. Propaganda is never, you know, convincing like this. Um <laughs> So this is a quote from the author of this paper, Robert Roselli. He says that the Illuminati skull and bones criminal masters that populate the international bankster cartel have funded a complex army of useful idiots for a very specific reason. Worldwide societal control under the ruse of the fake environmental movement. In other words, they, quote unquote, are using the environmental movement as cover for the institution of a world crisis as a security issue. The current economic crisis seems to be the facilitator and a decoy to keep our attention off the now stealth radical environmental movement that is very much alive, but has fallen off the bankster-owned news cycles as of late. The best place to start is the direct connection between Skull and Bones 322, the Freemason-Rosicrucian Theosophy Complex, all under the umbrella of the radical environmental movement and spelled out plainly on the Georgia Guidestones. I bet this dude was a fan of Michael Crichton and his work. I'm just throwing it out there. I I would hope so. I hope everybody's a fan of Michael Crichton. He's got that pretty pretty hella famous uh, quote kind of echoing the same sentiment as far Mm -hmm. as uh, a lot of environmental social movements exist under the guise to just conglomerate influence power (laughs) yeah just to bend you over a barrel i think all of his works to me ultimately spell out like you can have the best of intentions and and you can be a wealthy you know the only way that you're going to have a good organization is if you have a wealthy benevolent dictator uh and then as soon as that benevolent dictator is taken out of the picture and you have all the cronies that come in and take over then no matter how righteous or how, you know, sanctified uh, an institution can be, it's going to be corrupted and it's going to be undone. Uh, and, you know, evil lurks around every corner. That's that's my sort of Crichton overall, you know, feeling that I get with his work. Everything from, obviously, Jurassic Park to Westworld and all that. Uh, yeah. And it is, it's, it does have that sense of, and I think that generally that is kind of, unfortunately, how power works a lot of the time. I think that power structures, the difference between a, you know, a, a constitutional republic like the United States and the, uh, you know, a dictatorship in, in some African country somewhere or something, it, it's really not that different. Oh, I thought you were going to say California. Oh, yeah, no. Well, it is. It's the, you know, it's, it's, it's a more legalized, I don't know more accepted version of it, but it's all accepted ultimately at the end of the day until somebody goes all military junta on you. Shout out to junta, which never happens here because we have the most sophisticated military in the world. And the people that run the show here have the biggest guns and there's nothing you can do about it. You know? Um, and this guy I think represents, you know, that, that echelon of society, the wealthy American elite, that truly believe that they are the the modern you know Roman elite Roman the, Senate the robber barons man robber barons man America is the new Rome and and you know we run the world or whatever through all this 
we probably did a little more a couple decades ago, but we still have the the ultimate military. There's nothing you can do about that, except for I guess go gorilla. But and just like the roads, America too will crumble. Yes, the roads are a metaphor. You see, Um, you see the roads. They didn't clean their roads. Oh boy, (laughs) these fucking. You know, there's a reason that they had the baths. I think the baths. Ted Kaczynski blames agriculture. I blame hygiene. Hygiene is the reason why there's so many people around now. God damn it, I take at least one shower a day. How how luxurious is that? Sometimes I take two, sometimes three showers in a given day. And I'm a filthy man. I don't even understand. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. I took Uh-oh. a shower today, funny enough. You did? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It felt pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, thank nice. you. Imagine we had public baths, and every time you had to, like, wash yourself, you had to go out into the park <laughs> and, like, get in a fountain, an oversized fountain. Man, if Fauci could do it, I can do it. That's all I got to say. Can can he get his little hands over the edge of the fountain? He's kind of... He might need a little boost or something. Oh, my goodness. Uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> so a few more little tidbits worth noting from our handy little Elberton Library book include as such... Um, the highest physical site in Elberton County was chosen for the site, just like a certain nature cathedral in Manhattan is at the island's highest point. Uh, that's uh, that's a connection that the this Robert uh, guy made. I guess when you build the temples and the churches at the, at the highest physical point of an area. Uh, according to Indian lore, he doesn't specify what Indian lore, uh, Elberton is the center of the world. Mm. Which I, I guess you know, sure. It's interesting because um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, is also known as the center of the universe. <laughs> is it? Yeah, there's this weird uh, with the way the landscape around this one particular spot is constructed. There's this crazy echo that if you stand on this this one specific spot in Tulsa, you get this reverberation that just travels all the way around you. It's very mm. interesting, and it's known as the center mm. of the universe. <laughs> Funky. <laughs> I've never been to Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Oklahoma ever. Uh, but now if I'm in that part of the world, I'll keep that in mind. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, center of the universe. Center of the world. Uh, also, uh, let's see. What else? What other tidbits are there? Um, uh, we got the dead languages, the living languages. Joe Fendley is described as a 32nd degree mason. Uh, which means that he passed through stage 18. And I'm going to get to the numbers in a little bit. I don't want to jump myself in the numbers, and I'll go through those quickly. Um, and uh, apparently, this R.C. Christian fellow, he hoped in the future to construct 12 additional stones in 24 languages. Wow. He really wanted it to be a Stonehenge-type thing. Very committed. Yeah. It actually surprised me how quickly they built this thing. They say that he showed up in the summer of 79, and this thing was completed by mid-spring of 1980. So I thought that was pretty chip-choppy work, if you ask me. Um, so we got Hudson uh, Cone here. we got the dimensions of the stones. And I'll just go briefly through some number stuff. Uh, I have to talk about the Gematria a little bit. Uh, if you can hit... Uh, oh, well, we'll play the clip in a second. Uh, but there is a, a sort of a guy who wrote a little bit and, and did a little bit on the on the gematria values of some of these things. 
We have uh, certain numbers that keep popping up. 76 is one of them. The bombings happened on 7-6-2022 or July 6th, 2022. Yeah. Uh, George Bush happened to turn 76 on that day. Oh. George W. Bush being one of the more famous members of Skull and Bones. He was totally in that coffin, jacking it. He was. Him and... Dude, did you know that in the 2004 presidential election, it was George Bush versus John Kerry? And John Kerry's a total Skull and Bones member? They're both absolutely Skull and Bones. Yeah, I've got a clip on it. Can you play Skull and Bones, George and John? It's in the clips list. Both in Skull and Bones, the secret society. It's so secret we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? The conspiracy theorists are going to go watch. I'm sure they are. I don't know. I haven't seen the website. Number 322. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, he's not the nominee. And, uh, but, uh, look, I look for... Are you prepared to lose? No, I'm not going to lose. You both were members of Spell and Bones, a secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, not much, because it's a secret. <laughs> oh! Is there a secret handshake? Is there a secret code? I wish there were something secret I could manifest. 322? Secret numbers? Uh, there are all kinds of secrets, Tim, but one thing is not a secret. I disagree with this president's direction that he's taking the country. <laughs> we can do a better job, and I intend to do it. And we'll be watching Be Safe on the Campaign Trail. John Kerry, thanks yes, for joining us. And we'll be right back. Oh, man. Did he swerve out of that one or what? Yeah. Expert maneuvering. But he even threw in a little manifest for all the plebs mm-hmm. to stop at. So, uh, yeah, they, they are members of Skull and Bones. George Bush turned 76 on the day of the explosion. The country itself was founded in 1776. Skull and Bones reverse full reduction gematria is 76. Bomb reverse ordinal gematria is 76. Um, so 76 there. You've got seven as another number. Uh, the Guidestones were located about 700 feet away from Highway 77. And seven is a very popular number. I mean, you got like it's as simple as at the casino, you've got lucky sevens and things like that. But uh, with the Rosicrucians, you have the seven medals of alchemy. Uh, with religion and, and and that sort of thing, you have the seven days of the week. Uh, you have theosophy, and you have uh, certain like doctrines that talk about the seven powers of nature. The the you know the seven headed dragon the seven planets the seven pops up again and again and uh, and uh, Freemasonry uh, the the modern Freemason involves themselves in seven stages apparently the initiation into the ancient Egyptian version of modern mm-hmm. Freemasonry you have three twenty two as noted before it the the believe it. Were, Believe it, people. Believe it, people. It was opened on 322. This is Skull and Bones Insignia. And they all uh, add up to numbers that I've mentioned, uh, the sevens. And then there's also 12 and 18, which I'm going to measure, which I'm going to mention. You have 3 plus 2 plus 2 is 7. 3 times 2 times 2 is 12. 3 to the second power times 2 is 18. So they all kind of melt into one another. And then 32 divided by 2 is 16 which then turns into 6 plus 1, which is 7. You have the number 18. 666 equals 18, uh, or 6 times 3. And then the 18th degree of Freemasonry in the Scottish Rite is the 
Rose Cross degree. Oh. And this is according to a Freemason. Oh, oh hot. Originally one of the principal degrees of the Scottish Rite, a candidate was required to see one degree from each body before completing the 32nd degree, and this means the 18th degree was shown at just about every reunion. Since we adopted the bookend concept of the degree, uh, the 18th degree is not often exemplified, but that is the Rose Cross uh, level. Uh, so other things about 18, uh, there are 18 languages on six stones, or I'm sorry, 12 languages on six stones, 12 plus six is 18. Uh, 1980, added up is 18. The lunar cycle, lunar standstill is a cycle of 18.6 years. And then you've got 12, you've got the 12 languages on the stones, you've got 12 months, you've got the zodiac, you've got the 12 tribes of Israel, and the 12 gates of the temple. Uh, so these are the these are the occult D numbers that you see over and over again that are associated with this guy. And then the and then sixes. I think it's funny that the time capsule is six feet below, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is your classic death, uh, death depth, death. Yep, six feet social distancing. Six feet social distancing. Yep, uh, that's number stuff. Uh, there's yeah the Gamatria eh, we can I guess we can there's only one Gamatria clip so we'll play it real quick guys on six. In light of those monuments turning forty two years old this year, when you turn forty two, you begin your forty third year of life. Of course, George W. Bush was number forty three, and in Gamatria, Yale with the most simple ciphers forty three. Florida also equals forty three. You might recall the election of George W. Bush came down to Florida, where his brother was the forty third governor, his daddy was the forty third vice president. But Yale Skull and Bones. And adding to the ritual, today's the Pope's 202nd day of his age. You could also say it's 201 days after his birthday. Skull and Bones does have gematria of 202 as well as 201 in the Francis Bacon cipher. That's why the movie The Skulls about Skull and Bones came out 201 days after Paul Walker's birthday. You could also say it came out on his 202nd day of his age. And, of course, he died in the red Porsche, like how he gets a red Porsche in the movie The Skulls about Skull and Bones. And he died five years to the day of George H.W. Bush, Paul Walker, George Herbert Walker, George Walker Bush. That movie came out right before George W. Bush became president in Skull and Bones. But again, Pope's 202nd day of his age. George H.W. Bush was born on the day, leaving 202 days left in the year. And keep in mind, Skull and Bones is also known as the Brotherhood of Death, which equals 187. Today, on the 187th day of the year, the monument explodes. In Gematria, not only does Brotherhood of Death equal 187, so does Society of Jesus. That's the Jesuits who have the Templar cross in their logo. Skull and Bones is modeled after how the Knights Templar buried their dead in ossuaries. So Brotherhood of Death 187, same with Society of Jesus, same with Holy Roman Empire, same with Unconquered Sons, same with Washington, D.C., which is a Jesuit stronghold where the area code is 202. Same with Paris, France, where the Jesuits were created, where many of the founders studied, who were part of these Jesuit Masonic alliances. And um, for another interesting point, today is 246 days after Brian Kemp's birthday. He's the governor of Georgia, and the nation did turn 246 years old just two days ago on July 4th. Of course, a lot of the headline that day was 24 injured, 6 dead before they boosted it. Uh, Again, you know, learn Gematria, you'll see through the rituals. With regards to Skull and Bones and 7-6, look up Daniel Coit Gilman. His name equals 76. Today's his birthday as well, July 6th. He's dead now. 
but he's the Skull and Bones <laughs> member who founded the Johns Hopkins University. And, uh, of course, they simulated the deadly pandemic, the Brotherhood of Death, with Event 201. But, yeah, Gematria, you know, it, it explains the rituals that take place each day. And it'll be interesting to see if they replace the um, the pillar and the Georgia Guidestones. Again, they're like a countdown to a plan to get rid of a lot of people. Yeah, I thought I knew this guy. This uh, this last dude, speaking at least, he's been on Higher Side Chats a fuck ton. And if I'm not mistaken, he's it's not like a Patreon thing, but you can subscribe to him in a sense, and he'll send you numbers uh, that are based off of gematric breakdowns of sports games. And um, I don't want to say it's like sports betting, but he basically lays out stakes on who's going to win. Yeah, he does a little predictive programming a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's he, he was someone that... Uh, actually, I think he was the one that I found out from that uh, Trump wa- went to Jesuit high school, if I'm not mistaken, or college. It was one of the two. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, Gamatria Effect News 24 is this guy's uh, his, uh, YouTube channel. It's called that. He's actually, there's a... Um, Zachary K. Hubbard. There's a, uh, he's got a um, a really nice calculator on his website, actually. It was the one that I used for the longest time. Um, but I had lost the link. <laughs> hmm. And we just had a boost come in from Cotton Gin just... Going hard on that goat, 6666, saying, The numbers, Mason, what do they mean? The numbers, Mason, what do they mean? What do they mean? Uh, What's in the the box? What's in the box? These poor goats had no clue. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one didn't either. They had no clue (laughs) that they were going to get massacred tonight. Yeah. Ripped to shred to shreds, you say? That farmer had no idea either when we drove off with a truckload full of them. He said, "Have fun," and we said, "We will." You know what people don't really appreciate is just how shitty it can be to have wild and or not. I shouldn't say wild. I'm sorry, that's a step too far. But livestock, livestock on a stage. We had to go through the fucking stage to bring them all into the green room. Now there's goat crap all over the fucking floor. Yep. But this is the price you pay <laughs> when you want to sacrifice a lot of goats. And uh and Servo in the chat, he boosts six 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 six. You just just four sixes. And he said, Hey, have you heard of Upgoat? <laughs> What's uh Upgoat? I don't know, what's up with you? <laughs> we must put it in- Spectacle of debauchery. Ooh, yeah, it was the green room. Now it's more like the red room. Cotton gin's right. Oh my goodness! So much green and red. It's like Christmas in here. Oh jeez! Gotta sop up all that blood. Sop up all that blood. Oh my goodness! There are a lot of goats. I'm sure. You know, they said that there were a few sacrifices at the stones. No human sacrifices, allegedly. Allegedly. Huh. You know, I bet you at the very least. There was a chicken that lost its life at the stones. Yeah. 
Yeah. At least. I can see that. Handful of chickens, you know, no one's going to miss them. No, people kill chickens all the time. It's called having chickens. And you can just, you know, whether you do it at home and then you fry up that chicken or you do it at some, you know, Masonic, satanic stone office. It's a, it's a, it's your prerogative. <laughs> your role, man, your role, your role, you know what I mean? Uh, well, that's it. Uh, that's, that'll be my bit on the Georgia Guidestones. I, I hope that you learned something today about these now deceased structure, this now deceased structure that no longer exists. Well, I, uh, you know, <clears throat> I wonder why they didn't bulldoze it whenever someone tried to throw acid on it, right? Uh, there is way too much effort for it to be a troll, way too much mathematical computations that were considered for it just to be a gag or a advertisement from a local granite company. Uh, there's a lot of masons floating around, dude. You yeah. Know, you know, one of those dudes rolled up, he had his hand halfway sticking out of his vest and RC Chris or this other fucking Mason was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I see. Oh, you. Yeah. I see. You, you. got the, the Napoleon hand going. I know. I know your type. Mm hmm. You got a really, I mean, like I said, 20-foot slab of granite that is almost two feet thick. It is not easy. I mean, they pulverized this thing. I've got a picture of it. This this edifice, edifice this, this Thomas Edison, was intended to last for hundreds of years, thousands of years through uh, any type of catastrophic event. And they... Rocked this thing. I mean, that thing was just like gone. And then, and then within one day, they had the whole site bulldozed, which to me is very suspect. It should take the city a lot longer than twenty four hours to to get all that together. Dude, in Minneapolis, they were making uh, property owners pay up front all of their fucking property taxes to the city so that they could get the permits to come in and clean up the damage from all the riots. <laughs> exactly. And permits. This, and this spot with 20-foot slabs is cleared in 24 hours. Hell yeah. Have you people ever been to a fucking <laughs> permitting office? Have you ever been to the building department and tried to get a permit on anything? I can assure you, especially out in rural small towns, it doesn't happen overnight. And dude, think of like the turnaround that you would have to pay somebody to come out with all of that equipment just to clear the goddamn thing. Yep, like, exactly. Hey, we're going to need your rig plus six times that to get this cleared, and we need you there 30 minutes ago. Yeah, and you got to do all the accounting. You got you to gotta at least have like, uh, you know... Uh, what am I thinking? You gotta have a budget sheet. You gotta have all that shit. Did somebody fucking make a budget sheet at six in the morning after this thing was blown up at four? And within two hours, someone was like, "Okay, I'll make a budget sheet for this," and then I'll I'll call up my guys. Or I don't know. The whole thing is just so suspect. Somebody works in the construction industry. It's and and has worked for the city and for various cities. I could tell you, you nothing gets done in twenty four hours unless. It was already, th things were already in motion, I guess is the way I'd put it. You know, if <laughs> if they had a plan in mind, in the event that, that this happens, then do this or whatever. 
evidence points that there was absolutely Google Meets about this. Yeah. I wonder if Facebook Marketplace is to blame. <laughs> Just looking for anyone who wants to do a little light, uh, you know, demolition. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. This whole thing is so wild. And the fact that it was blown up exactly at 4.03.33. Exactly. And we've got footage in the show notes that you can see of it being bombed in the night. Beautiful. It's gorgeous. Don't deny yourself. You can always see our, our show notes at zososcorner.substack.com, episode 109. Yes, it's uh, they're coming along quite swimmingly, and I don't know if you noticed or not, but the show art looks a little different, and I had just a staggering, aha, you dipshit moment, when I realized that I should take all of the actual magazine frame and put it on top of the VHS tape, instead of it, instead of it having uh, all of the VH flicker effects on the actual like magazine border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you can read everything. And not only can you read it, but it turns out those are less colors that you're trying to process when you're exporting videos as GIFs out of Photoshop. So the files are a little smaller, which means I can do more of the same colors, which gives it uh, more clarity and depth. And it was just an all-around win. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for this oh, particular yeah. particular week. A big uh, a small step for man, but a big step for art. Mm-hmm. Indubitably. We did not have any other uh my my last parting thought I gotta say on the stones and Nam is what Nam says. Who doesn't investigate? There's oh, this yeah. major explosive basically a terrorist attack. Why wouldn't there be a police investigation? Right. Well, obviously, they found a couple of passports at the base of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the fire pit Yeah, that had been burning for three straight days. They found some passports. Yep. Who doesn't investigate that shit? I'll tell you who doesn't. Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Why, why investigate it when you planned it? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to investigate ourselves. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, if you do want to give us a call, uh, you can always give us a call at 612-263-7999. Leave us a scream mail, and we'll play it on the air for you. We told you who was behind the schemes, but you'll never know who's behind the screams. Call our creep phone now and leave a scream mail. We'll play it on the show. 612-263-60. 612-263-SXXY-that's612-263-7999-mm-hmm-come-on-give-us-a-call-come-on-you-know-you-want-to-come-on-come-on-give-us-a-call-oh-here-you're-gonna-have-to-pick-up-that-phone-there-um-that-ph
Do your part. Be an American. Get a shirt and blow something up. In Minecraft. Allegedly. It is July 25th, 2022, baby. And we're getting behind the schemes. It's been episode 109. Feeling fine. We got 110 next week. I don't think uh, it'll be anything out of the norm. I don't think. It'll be entirely out of the norm within the norm. Yes, that one. That's the one. Second, second, second half of show. It's like fourth quarter. Yeah. 33rd down. 3.3 yards to go. (laughs) Spiking footballs and ripping roids. I've been Booberry Black Knight of the Mothman. And I'll catch you next week. And my name has uh, inevitably been Sir Lavish. Have a job, blessed evening. <laughs> oh, how delicious it is! Woo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, spew, spewing everywhere. Spew, 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 spew on you. Pew, 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 pew. Everybody, I think it was Boo. That's like, ah, Darren doesn't use the boost bot. It's like, fuck the boost bot. Stand up for the sick shit. You get everyone drunk. So first party, oh, everybody. Yeah. yeah, and then we start filming right around 11. And everyone's nice and loose. That's how we started off. You bad citizen. There's no level to the degree of prostitution I will whore myself out to in order to continue my existence as a fucked up, drunken piece of shit. Like, gimp suits, to me, doesn't scream family-friendliness. Give me that blade you just slaughtered the goat with. There's games, there's products, there's merchandise. Be assured we sell millions of them and we never see a fucking penny. I'm paid in crack. This is Behind the Schemes, the esoterica of your dreams.